professional podcasting at its finest. Yeah, for real. I mean, that's what I get for like on the other podcasts. <laughs> I never had these problems with Jim. Yeah, that's why I get trying to do new shit, you know, like on the fly. Not like on the fly, but like not being like prepared. So yeah, here we go. Fuck it. Let's start the podcast. It's working ish now. <laughs> so yeah. So um what are your favorite right. sounds? Crack another one. Yeah, yeah crack another one. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. No complaints out of me. <laughs> I wanna be better. Yeah, you gotta get your shit together. Uh, pathetic. <sighs> Yo, what's up guys? Welcome back. Moping Money Podcast. Full of turkey. Fucking tired. Like r- rough week. Rough weekend. Long, long, long time. Uh, we had some days off. That was cool. Like not working for a couple of days. I'm not really sure how that how that feels sometimes. But I'm here. I made it. I survived. Fucking got my boy on the channel already. Flinny. Fucking say what's up, dude. Not too much. How are you, man? You know chilling you know wishing i wishing i was like fly like the kickstand boys you know what i'm saying those kickstand boys <laughs> shine shining on the internet you know they they're good at they're good at instagramming they, you know they post their pictures on a, on a regular schedule like <laughs> the updates keep coming the parts keep keep stacking up over there every bike's looking fly you gotta give the people what they want man yeah you, you, you always got the hot shit everyone's like damn this dude's got got all the toys and you're fucking winner of the, one of the last raffle prizes, which is kind of cool. That's true, which I greatly appreciate, man. And yeah. I already have uh, that part put on my bike, except uh, my bike's still broken because I need a new clutch for it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's it's awesome to see like you dive right in and use it right away. Like sometimes, like I'll win stuff or I'll get some shit from a rally. Like, I think I, I still have a pipe from a rally I won, never touched it. Like I've only looked at it. It's never been what? on a bike. Yeah, won it at a rally, and it's just Jeez. sitting in a box. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I got that, got that pipe over there on the wall with all the other pipes. You so know. when I called in, that was like something I genuinely needed. I like blew up my clutch bell earlier this year using a uh, like a kickstart clutch with uh, claw pads. Mm-hmm. And it like separated the gear from the bell itself. And then, you know, I'm like looking at what my options are and all the like racer Euro dudes are like, Oh, you definitely need the KTM clutch. And then, you know, you go to Treat's website and you look at what the MBR KTM clutch costs and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, this is the price of a bike. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then like, of course, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, you already spent all this other fucking money on the bike. Like, it's no big deal. Right. And you're like, it's like, it's already expensive enough, (laughs) you know, and unfortunately I made the mistake of like, you know, going down the rabbit hole with like multiple bikes instead of just being smart and maybe doing it to one, you know, one platform so, sounds cool, but like, yeah. let's be honest, man, we all know it's boring. Like you want to spread your wings and touch all the bikes. That's true. But I, I went deep on, I've got shit at this point. I pretty much have every good bit for an E 50, a ZA 50 or a Vespa, which I don't even want to know. I don't even want to think about what that costs. Um, let's say upwards <laughs> of uh, six thousand dollars. 
yeah that's just a, that's like a that's a rough yeah. guess like i think that's probably pretty close you know between bikes and parts you know I'm not, trying to think about it but not i don't want to think too hard i don't want to think too hard <laughs> well yeah i was gonna say i don't know what happened to my dirt pad but it's probably at least north of four and uh you know shout out to qcb for doing what they're doing right now in the ma threads uh they're putting to the test all of the fancy bits of the melosi mp1 engine versus all of the fancy bits with a simonini engine and after just shelling out all that money for all the fancy bits <laughs> whoa, that's a tough pill to swallow so good yeah. for them man yeah, I can't wait to see that actually come to fruition, though. That's going to settle like a very age-long debate. I got my money on the Seminini, though. Yeah, Seminini's rips. Like Thomas's is fucking stupid. So I don't, I don't know how much faster you need a moped. Like, you know, his bike rips <laughs> I, I off the line say, super hard, and it climbs hills like none other, and it's fast on top. So I'm just like, dude, this thing's stupid. Yeah, I was going to say that bike like scares me uh, every time I ride it, but. You know, I, I guess at that point, you know, they're done enough. I mean, you know, at this point, I've been building the bike for like three fucking years or something like that. So, yeah. you know, I'd hope that it'd be fast by now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Speaking of dirt pads, when are you going to get yours done, man? So, uh, I, I don't know if you listened last week. I was just like, oh, everyone's going to be mad. And when I said everyone, my, I was literally thinking about you. I was like, yeah, Flynn's going to be pissed at me. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, I really need to be building this dirt pad. It is, it's so easy to do, right? It's so easy to put a project off to like, you know, just making a excuse. Ooh, I don't have all the parts yet. And just like put your money to buying other things. <laughs> so, it's, I, so it's I, bad. I too have. I too have fallen victim to that. My silver bike, I've ridden probably less than 50 miles since I've owned it and have thrown, you know, thousands of dollars at it. And instead of being like, oh, I should just buy this one last part, you know, I'm like, oh no, I should build a dirt pad that fucking has every single fancy Vespa part on it, which when, you know, Thomas kept talking all that shit about like, oh, the Vespa holes deep. You know, I was over here looking at him being like, bro, I just dropped a grip on my fucking silver maxi. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I see all these little dudes in Europe, like, you know, doing wheelies through parks on like stock chows. Like, it can't be like that hard to make a, a Vespa go fast, you know? Dude, but, uh, you know, yeah, he was right. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was fucking right. Yeah. But then, you know, he's also right in the element of like, once you do, I guess, throw the money at it, like, they fucking rip you know yeah. and like they're definitely like my dirt pad walks the dog on you know my club mates kitted tomos like they're standing still so yeah you know i don't know was it worth it maybe <laughs> definitely fuck it it's it's worth it it's like i don't right. know man. dual dual varied game is always is always fun i feel like that's like the most fun out of everything like i don't know it's well they all have their they all they all have their different feelings man like you you need that's why you need multiple pets that's why it's so hard to have just one like you know model or make that's very true and the one thing on the dirt pad element that i will say is really nice is that it's pretty sweet to rip off-road and to not have to shift gears that is pretty tight yeah that's a little work especially for like hill climbing and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm like yeah, we, who wants to shift gears? That's a lot of work. I agree. Like I said, we went trail riding the other week and I was just on the Fox and it was like, it was great. So I was like, dude, I can't wait to like have like a bike that's like actually like more capable in the woods, but still not a dirt bike. 
because not shifting. I've ridden dirt bikes in the woods, and it's like it's fun, but you're just like you're working the clutch, and you're like working the fucking brake, and you're shifting gears, and, and then instantly shifting yeah, gears you're back. Not getting like, above third gear. Yeah, it's crazy. So like you have a bike that really rips really hard, but only goes forty miles an hour. That's like more than enough to like crush it in the woods. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, as long as you can still kind of do a wheelie a little bit when you're going to take off. You know, yeah. That was my only feeling about like like when I decided to make to do the dirt ped and do it as an E50. Like I was like, all right, like I know variated would be sick, but like I want, I really wanted like chain drive. And I didn't have like a derby like to like that I could do it with at the time. So I was like, I'm going to go E50. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was just like, Ugh. I'd have to have like kind of two setups. I'd have to have, or not two setups, but like either like a quick sprocket change and like a little extra link. So like, all right, cool. This is what, what I use if I take it to rallies. I just like pop off, pop off a socket, add a couple links so I can like actually ride normal speeds. But I'm like, if I just want to rip in the woods, I was like, I want to, I only want it to go 40. Like I want it to be super limited in the gearing so that like it can only go 40 miles an hour, but the low end sick for an E50. Oh yeah. And those, I mean, you know, you've seen the, uh, Moffa cup and like whatever else, you know, all the guys over there in Europe doing the off-road E50 game. I mean, those things kill, they've got giant rear sprockets on them. And like you were saying, yeah, they only go 40, but they're very capable, you know, little sort of dirt bikes. Yeah. Dude, I find myself. What's, what's keeping you from actually making yours? <sighs> well, currently, I I made a decision that I'm gonna build out my variant. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a variant winter build, and that's like gonna be my project. I'm like, oh, I want to film it and like do like uh like do like an hour a week and like make a video seg- segment thing and just like, okay, cool. We're doing a derby because I have an extra derby, and I just seized it. And I was like, uh, or I broke a crank or something fatal happened on the inside. And it sounds I like horrible. how you just nonchalantly said you have an extra derby. <laughs> well, I didn't have yeah, any. I just got an extra one laying around. No biggie. <laughs> I didn't have any. And then I had like the stock one and I was like, uh, like I'm not trying to b- dump a bunch of money in this derby. Like I'm just going to fucking put this 50 kit on it and call it a day. Cause it already had a pipe. And then you, as soon as you do something like that, like, mm-hmm. you know what it's, well, you know what happens, dude, the fucking, the pain of having this bike. I just did that with my <laughs> dirt pad. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. Take your own advice and go whenever you get distracted and go, oh, I'm going to buy this new bike. Think about the bikes you already have and then fix them. Well, that's the thing. I got to fix it now because it's broken. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to fix it. But if I'm going to have to take the time to fix it anyway, like I never rebuilt the bike. It had like, it had a pipe on it when I got it. It was a stalker and it ran. I should have left it alone, but I was like, uh, I want a little bit more. So I just put a 50 kit on and I was like, this is fine. It kicks around. It gets me around town, but like I can hang with the ride, but it was not fast enough. It didn't take off the line. Like I wanted, like all my other bikes felt more fun to ride. And that's the problem. Like you, your bike, the amount of time I'm riding isn't, I'm not riding all the time. So when I do ride, like I want it to feel fun. Like I want to like this feels awesome. Sure. Like one thing to have a stalker and kick too. to the, yeah, big dude. Like one thing to have a stalker and kick down to the corner store and like buy some ice or whatever I need and come back home. Another thing to like go out for an hour ride with your buddies and be like, this Tomos beside me is kicking my ass right now. <laughs> you know? I was like, Trust me. I know that feeling. Everybody in my club's got Tomos. Yeah. So, you know, you get a, a stock Tomos with a bi-turbo on it, you know, doing 40. 
and I'm over here like not knowing how to tune a Bing and putting a 70 kit on my E50 and being like, why are you faster than me? This doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. Like, doesn't the 70 kit mean 70 miles an hour? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know. And then, of course, you like look at Moped Army and people are like, oh, I was going 55 miles an hour on a stock cylinder. Mm-hmm. You know, I just ported it a little bit. And then, like, you know, now, like, I guess knowing what I know and looking at it, I'm like, you fucking liar. No, you yeah. weren't. Like, maybe. I'm not saying that's it's not like, possible. Maybe. But, you know. 50-50, I've heard of it. I've seen it in person, but... When they're like, yeah, I poured it a little bit. No, you poured it perfectly. <laughs> like you figured yeah, perfectly it perfectly fi- to the maximum. And <laughs> you figured the atmospheric it out. Conditions were right. You know, you had a tailwind. Like, wait. So, what exactly do you need to finish though on the dirt pad? Like, I know you already got the six swing arm and the brake set up with the rims. I know you got a Gila kit for it. I got a kit. What else do you realistically need? You got the sick forks. I got cases. I got the forks. I got all the plastics. Um. I have the wheels. I have the full front and rear disc brakes. I have the bars. I have the accessory tank. Um, I need. Sounds like you got all the good bits. I got almost. I got all. I got a lot of it. Like I, I had an HPI. I put it on another bike, so I need another HPI. But that's you know all the stuff you can readily buy. I feel isn't like the issue of holding me up because you can buy them anywhere, like all the time. So I need a clutch setup. I need to decide if I want to go straight cut gears or reverse or, you know, the other cut. Um, of course, I, I was going to... Ideally, you're going to want straight cut, but you yeah, don't need that right off I don't the need it, but if I'm going to build it, like, I really just get it done at once. Um, I need... I have the sprockets. I have the chain. I got pretty much... A, I got a lot of it. What I need is like, I need a tank... That matches the plastics. I need the right tank. Need the clutch ignition. What's up? You just need a clutch and an ignition. It sounds like, which I have both. That I'll send you for free if you want. <laughs> nah, dude, nah. It's cool. Um, but yeah, it's need- a kickstart three shoe kickstart jammer clutch with claw pads, and I got the points ignition OEM Bosch. Yeah, I would it's never. It's not do as that. good as the HBI, but it'll still work. I never do that. Dude. I, I go all out. Go HBI. I right out the gates. Cause I know what it's going to do. You don't need HBI. Yeah. I got to build it once and like not build it again until I blow the shit up. <laughs> no swapping parts all or nothing. <laughs> um, but like the main things I need is I need, I need to do some welding on the frame for the mounting spots for the plastics and the tank mount. I actually need to purchase the tank. I need to either buy a subframe, which is the little police, the part that uh, dirt bikes airbox goes into and like helps mount the seat, like that little triangle mm. piece. It like the triangle yep. piece mounts the seat, the airbox goes inside of, and it mounts the rear uh, fender. So I need like to either buy that one of those in the garage or make it. I'll probably just end up making it out of steel because like trying to find the one that matches the plastic set and everything I have. And that's the other thing: the set the set has to match, that's so fair. it's all the mounting spots are the same. And I gotta make all my own mounting spots. And then I build it, and then I take it, take it apart, and then paint it, and then order the fucking the plastic wrap kit, and then like all this other dumb stuff that's like things I just can't bring myself to get into right now. I'm just like ah, time and effort and money and like, but the will is there. I want to inside my heart. 
you better, you better finish it one day, man, or I'm going to come down to Virginia and run over your pile of parts with my dirt pad. Uh, there are lots of piles of parts. I need to get rid of my Moby piles. <laughs> I have like Moby swing. Like when I was on the kick of, I'm going to build a Moby again. I bought like really expensive Moby swing arm, the MLM one and some other like fancy Moby shit. And they've been in a box for even longer. And I was just like, ah, do I really want to put another like $1,500 in the building, another motorbicane or move on to the next project, buy another Derby, buy some other shit. You, you should sell your Derby variant instead of rebuilding it. And then you'll have money and time to build your other shit. Um, I've kind of made you that already decision. Have a Derby box. You don't need a variant. I have the box and the box is just staying as is. Like I'm never touching the box. Most expensive moped I've ever bought in my entire life, but it already rips and it, and it, and it looks good and so it doesn't, it. it doesn't need more forks and this and that. Literally the only thing that bike needs is tires. Like put on some fresh tires every once in a while, ride the bike. Don't do anything else to it. Like, so the other variants when I can do shit. where you can't leave good enough alone. Of course, this is mopeds where this mopeds we're talking here. Like, yeah. why? Why buy to, to the anybody next fancy listening part? To this right now, my advice to you, to anybody listening to this, my advice to you would be to not give up happiness chasing perfection <laughs> with mopeds, because it will come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> there, there is, there is a time where good enough is is good enough, and I think I think I've definitely been in those positions before, like cool your bike's running like for the season like did it break down recently no if it runs and it's ripping it's still fast i probably won't touch it until something goes wrong like preventative maintenance i'm not like a like super deep into preventive maintenance i know like you should probably check it in your head or your clutches and shit you know at least once a season like i'm not just doing it all the time but like carbon buildup is a real thing you know you're running shitty oils, like which a lot of us are. Like I run Seven Eleven fucking gas station oil, dude. Like, what? It works just fine. I, you know, like I'm not putting saber in every bike. Like sometimes I'll just go to a corner store, buy some shitty oil, dump it in my bike, shake it around a little bit. Like, yep, that's probably close enough. So, so <laughs> speaking of saber, do you believe in the saber hundred to one mix? I've never done hundred to one. I've done eighty to one. That's that's the closest I've gotten. So I've run Saber, I've run Dominator, I've run Castrol Power RS, which is what like the Euro dudes run. And, you know, I don't know. I think I like Dominator the best, but I have run Saber at 100 to 1, and it does work. Yeah. Um, and that was on, you know, my Seminini engine, which spins at like 13,000, you know? Yeah. So. I think the only reason I really tried it was because. You know, I like, personally <laughs> think it's going to explode, but it worked. <laughs> I think the only reason I ever tried it was like back when like everyone's blowing up Polini kits left and right. Oh wait, they still are. Mm. <laughs> but like, it was like Polini oh. kit. And it was like, everyone's yes, blowing them too. up and the, all the forms were just saying it's too much oil. It's too much oil. Like, so I tried some saber and went, you know, went leaner with the oil, but that's the only time I was like really like caring that I, I don't know. I just stopped caring as much. Cause like, my bikes were either like running good enough or breaking down enough or like getting worked on enough where it's like just run some cheap oil. And like every once in a while you have to like check it out. Like, does it look bad in there? No. Do I need to just clean the piston and the rings and put it back together? Like the secret is if you just run the treats read kit, 
you can just sauce seize it like 10, 15 <laughs> times and it'll still be fine. Yeah. Same thing for uh, the DR guys um, on Hobbits. You know, just run, run a DR kit, cast iron, just soft seize it over and over again. Like half the time you just peel the ring back out and like start over like you're good. That's Dude, I soft seize my Polini kit on my chopper engine this summer on the very first time I rode it. Ugh. And this was after already seizing a Polini kit on my silver maxi, you know? So after already making that, uh, what's a Polini kit now? Like 290 or something. So, you know, already after making that mistake once on my silver bike and being like, okay, next time everything has to be perfect. Ring gap. We're chamfering everything. You know, we're doing all of the work that needs to be done. All the things. I still was an idiot and had like, you know, a fucking 70 jet in like a 21 Polini carb or something like that and didn't even think about it. And I'm riding along and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give this thing some juice, you know, which I knew better. And then just immediately soft seized it and the bike turned off. And I'm like, oh my God. Depressing. Fuck. Yeah, you that, that gut shot it, it feeling. started up again, but. Oh yeah. Like you want to talk about your heart sinking where you're like, fuck yeah, I finally got this bike running. It's ripping. And then just immediately break it within five minutes after, you know, spending like a thousand dollars on its engine. Like fuck. Yeah. Nothing's worse. I've seen a dude blow a bike up on a stand before. And I was just like, yo, you just built that and you blew it up on the stand. Like that was a a good shot moment. Like he just stormed out of the room. Just like, fuck. And like walked out and was just like, Ooh, like everyone else is just quiet. Like, Ooh, I feel that one. Like, bro. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of rubbing things on stands, if you have a, a Vespa with a stock bell, do not rub it on the stand. That bell can explode and you'll have a bad day. Yeah. You got to get like a CNC bell or something like that. Cause that stock shit is, is not handling those high RPMs from you revving it on the stand. Facts, dude. You were pretty. You are pretty dead on on that Polini kit too. I was like, two, I had to check the price for you. I was like, damn, two sixty four for that for that fresh one with the intake that no one's ever going to use and uh, all the other bits. I was gonna say, I'm staring at a seized Polini kit on my fucking shelf right now. You know, it's part of it. Unfortunately, you live and you learn. But then you know, you do shit like that, and then for the future, you definitely make sure you have the right ring gap and champ for everything. <laughs> Yeah, the, you know the things no one teaches you in mopeds, unless you listen to the podcast no. or read the forums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you know, even the forums, like you know, Moped Army is a great resource, but then like, there's a lot of parts of it that like really aren't that great. You know, there's like people just chiming in whether like they may or may not actually know about something. It's just I heard you can do this, and you're like. Well, have you actually done this? And I guess that's kind of like one of the nice thing about Instagrams when like somebody starts talking about stuff, you can like go to their page and see the bikes they have and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, this guy like definitely really knows what they're talking about. And it gives them like validity to it, you know? Yeah. I also like, I I was never the one that asked a bunch of questions on there. I was more about the lurking and the reading. So a lot of it was like, kind of like, you know, looking for that needle in the haystack through the comments or just like digging through the wiki section and being like, all right, well, this section seems pretty legit. The other sections subject to like, you know, <laughs> I actually didn't even go on the wiki section uh, for the first time until last week. I like remember hearing people talk about it, but I like didn't actually like ever click into that section to realize that 
a ton of useful information is there. Yeah. And it would have made my life so much easier. Yeah. Instead of like digging article by article and like <laughs> reading what people actually said and being like, well, who's this guy? And well, this was 12 years ago. I wonder if this is still relevant or if who's they figured right? anything else out from then on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Polini port map's been in there forever. I'm like, that's a solid port map. Like, that's a keeper. So there's definitely some stuff that's oh, been yeah. in there forever. I wish that's that- like, you know, good. Oh, and the Polini kit rips dick. You know, I wish that it wasn't as expensive as it is. You know, if that was something reasonable, like, you know, 110 bucks or something, I think everybody would just be like, yep, this is the kit. There's no point in buying anything else. Yeah. I feel that's how, like, the, the Pook Airsol lasted for so long. Like, it's just like Pook Airsol was super cheap, and, like, people could just buy a bunch of them. Same thing with the, uh, the what's that other one, dude? The fucking, the Treat Read. It's like it's super inexpensive. My buddy reads a great kit. Yeah. My buddy Noah had had a treat read like every bike. He's like, I'd ride them and I'd break them. I just buy another one. He's like, they're so cheap. I just like buy another one. It's it's whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. I have it on my uh, on my girl's bike that I brought down to Nashville. That's Mm -hmm. a treat read kit. Yeah, they're great. They're fast enough. Like, I think I still think the TCDs the best paying for the buck. It's like $60 kit. Oh, yeah. And like. You can do forty five on a sixty dollar kit, and the pistons cost twenty dollars or twenty five dollars. It's like, damn, like very reasonable to get you, in the game. It's like, do you even buy another piston at that point when the kit's so cheap to begin with? You know, but I don't know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, about the whole kit. It's like fuck it, it's all new. But like, it's so that's like so cheap. That's like the best deal. Like, I don't think any. I don't. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't think any because I don't look at all the other makes all the time. But like I feel like that's that's the probably the best deal out of all the banks, dude. Like the sixty some dollar TCCD. Yeah, yeah, and it's Straight just fun. Got your back, man. They're looking out for the people. And you want to play with the porting? You know, that's a bike where you can like buy some motor that doesn't cost you a lot, and you can actually port it and like put it back on and try it again. Like you're not like sometimes there's there's more expensive cylinders. You're kind of scared or hesitant to like dive in it with the Dremel, like. No one wants to make that mistake where you just like turn some like two hundred sixty dollar kit into a fucking paperweight, you know, a doorstop. So, so getting into mopeds, like uh, I've been doing painting for like over twenty years of my life, and never, ever, ever have I used a Dremel so much as <laughs> I do with mopeds. Yeah, and honestly, like. You know, that was like one of the things getting into it that like, you know, the first time you ever rebuild like an engine, it's like a really scary thing, especially if the engine's already working in the first place. Cause you're like, I'm going to take this apart and something's not going to line up right. And I'm going to fuck it up and then it's not going to work. And then I'm just going to have ruined my good time. You know, I, I, took, yeah. I couldn't leave well enough alone type of thing, but you know, the more you play with mopeds and, you know, now that I've built a bunch of engines, the more you realize like none of this shit fits together. Fucking get that Dremel out there, bust out some files, make it fucking fit. And like it, it, that mentality of just make it fit and get a Dremel out, like goes all the way up the line. And the more and more intense you make your moped, the more and more they're like, Oh no, you're a, you're a moped guru. Now just make it fit. (laughs) Like, like straight up the Simonini engines instructions pretty much say on the external ignition coil, they're like power in is this tab. This other tab is ground. And then, uh, 
hey, just make it fit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, thanks. These are the instructions. It comes with and a then, free like, angle to, grinder blade. <laughs> dude, to make mine fit, right? So I go and I buy the like uh, MC Pro Parts, like fancy CNC subframe or whatever, because I'm like, okay, well, this will definitely have to fit this Seminini engine, right? Gotta be wrong. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't fucking fit. So immediately I have to chop the subframe up and then also have to take a Dremel and start c- cutting fins on the cylinder head of the Simonini engine. So before I even turn the fucking thing on, I'm already taking a Dremel and chopping up the fucking cylinder and also my brand new subframe mm. being like, well, this is mopeds, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Like, and it's not like, it's not like you're doing it to cheap parts either, which is like the hardest part to hit. That's what I'm just like saying. Like some of this stuff is like, I haven't even started the engine yet and I'm already cutting it apart. Yeah. Like, ugh. <laughs> gut shot. Ugh. But that's, that's why you want to go and just build a nice mild build that goes 45 miles an hour. And then you don't have to do all these stupid, ridiculous things. And then, Never you know, down. deal with your bike breaking every hundred miles. You only have one moped. And, and, you know, whenever someone's talking about problems, you just shake your head and say, yeah, like, you, you know, act like you act like, you know, what you're, they're talking about. And then like you, you wide off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. And just they're like, yeah, it bees like that. Sometimes give them we a pat got, on the back and be like, well, we're going to get another beer. We got a couple of friends here. that are like that. Do like our homie, our homie Frankie. She's got one Tomos and she's got a motorcycle and that's what she's had for years. And like. She's it's not smart. like in the garage, you know, struggling or like, you know, everything you walk in there, you're like, oh, that bike doesn't run. That bike doesn't run that like I could like probably say like just look at my garage just the bare minimum will get things running. There's probably like six hundred dollars worth of problems just in the garage of just just to get stuff running like I've got that easily with yeah. some bikes and it's hard. It's, it's a hard I, feeling. I mean, I have the majority of there, but. Well, you know, the, the more, and then again, the more bikes you have, the easier it is to go down that rabbit hole of like, oh, well, this one just needs a new clutch and this one just needs a that and this one could use a that. And then next thing you know, yeah, you've got, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of parts that need to be bought for all of these bikes instead of just being like, well, I have one stock one that goes 30 <laughs> and it works. That bike was $100. And I have the one that I tried to go fast on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's much easier to manage things when you don't have as many bikes. Like at one point, I think I had 12 bikes or something like that, which honestly was like really uh, overwhelming. Yeah. It's um, especially to, yeah. Cause like, I don't have, um, I guess like something that's weird about me is like, you know, I build all these things on the internet, but like, you know, my club mates don't help me build any of these bikes. Uh, I don't have somebody that I just like hang out with on a daily basis. It's literally just like me in my garage and then talking to random people on the internet. So anybody that's like, you know, chimes in on Instagram or, you know, slides in my DMS and hits me up with information. Like I genuinely greatly appreciate that because without your guys' help, like I would have no idea what I'm doing. So to anybody that's ever done that, thank you. I greatly appreciate that. Oh yeah. So speaking of that, dude, like what got you into mopeds in the first place? Cause I feel like your, your club is, it's one of the newer clubs in your kind of area. And uh, yeah, for sure. And like you guys, um, you know, you're out there, you're doing all the things, but how did, how did the whole thing start? 
Um, yeah, cause, well, yeah, because now I live in Grand Rapids now. Um, and so, you know, the Ghost Riders, I'm, I'm told, are still a thing. I've never seen one. You know, I guess they still exist, but I've never seen them. Yeah. Um, I've gone on some rides with the Chimp Bastards or whatever, but they've got like crazy work schedules. So it's kind of like hard to make, you know, everybody link up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess to answer your question, do you ever listen to my episode with uh, Jimmy on Second Chance? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to pretend I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I'll answer your question of how I got into it same i did with uh i've got into it at different phases of my life so it started um the first time i ever remember seeing a moped i was like really young and was up north in uh in like petoskey harbor springs and it was some people that had it on their yacht like on the front of their yacht they had two of them and this like old white-haired couple would like take them off their yacht and like ride around town which the downtown's like two whole city blocks so that was like you know there's no point even doing that you might as well just walked yeah um but yeah that was like the first time i remember seeing them and but like in michigan like mopeds really aren't a thing because like the auto industry wants you to have a car right like that's the reason that there aren't really city buses or like any form of good metro transit in detroit which like now has kind of turned out to fuck the city but like you know the the big three wants you to own a car they don't want you riding a motorcycle or whatever else yeah so not to say that they would have like squashed dealerships like they did with tesla where they were just like nah you're not selling teslas in the state of michigan fuck you which i don't you know legally i don't know how how they do that but they've got a lot of money so you know whatever but so anyway, there's not a ton of mopeds in Michigan. So like growing up, I like never really like saw them in like Detroit, you know, because it's like so shitty most of the year and people just drive cars. But uh, the first like moped I ever owned, um, I actually built with my friend Steve down the street when I was like 12. And it was like, well, it really wasn't even a moped. It was like a Solex style moped, I guess, where like we just took a BMX bike and just like put some rubber on the like drive shaft of a weed whacker engine and just like mounted it to the front wheel. So it would just like, you know, keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. But the bike itself had like a, uh, uh, like a coaster, like, you know, you kick your pedals back to like brake type of thing. It didn't yeah, actually yeah. have like real hand brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, which like I think a Sax G3 might also have that style brake. Um, but anyway, it sucks when the engine itself is just spinning and you're only locking up the back tire and not actually locking up the thing that's spinning. <laughs> so like we would just put and I don't know why, but we didn't think to like attach like a throttle to it or anything. We just like would jam a stick into like the uh the slide or whatever mm-hmm. and just jam the thing at full throttle at all points in time. So Jesus. we'd like pedal it to get it to like kick over. And then it would just jam on full throttle until we like ran out of gas, to, like, you know, <laughs> two or three blocks down the street. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know. I have no idea what the fuck happened to that bike. We like sold it to somebody in the neighborhood and it, you know, they probably got it taken away like yeah. realistically by the cops. They're yeah. like, this shit's not street legal. Like you can't ride this. The most unsafe shit uh, ever. Uh, and, and yet again, we were like 12, like, you know, it definitely wasn't safe. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, originally, I think we tried to mount the engine on with pieces of wood because we were like 12 and didn't know how to weld, you know? Uh, and then, like, my buddy's dad was like, no, no, no. He's like, you can't just be riding this fucking death contraption <laughs> down the street. Well, and his dad was a doctor, too. Oh, which, yeah. like, he was like, super like, no, 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 no. I don't want to have to deal with your broken bones from this shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's technically like the first time I got a moped, but like getting into it, like on a serious level, um, would have been like the spring of the pandemic, I guess. So like, well, at least for me. Yeah. So, um, my buddies, well, I guess now our VP Brian, and then also our road captain Alex would have bought, um, well, I guess it all started with Brian. So Brian uh, ends up getting a Tomos Targus from our other buddy, Rich, who like him and one of his friends, which I guess Rich is also in our club. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and one of his friends in high school had this like uh, a Tomos Targa, uh, you know, top tank or whatever that they were like sketching beho- behind with like a skateboard when they were like seniors in high school and like yeah. crashed into a curb or a fire hydrant <laughs> or something and just like you know, bent the forks and shit. And so it just sat in his garage ever since. And then his buddy, like, you know, ended up moving. And then this is like, you know, maybe, I don't know, eight, 10 years down the road from like when we were in high school sort of thing. And I was like smoking weed in Rich's garage. And I'm like looking over at his, like he had like a real motorcycle, but like a late, uh, like a late nineties, early two thousands, like, I don't know, nothing special, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of looking at it being like man this motorcycle sucks and then i'm like looking at the little like target next to it like what's up with this little ass motorcycle like why is it like half the size of this and i didn't even realize there was a moped at the sign because you know like targets kind of look like uh uh mopeds well and this one also just had foot pegs it didn't actually have pedals it was a kickstart yeah yeah so i thought it was like a, a miniature motorcycle and uh i like offered a trade him like uh I think I was like, try to give him like an ounce of weed or something for it. And he was like, I'm like, what am I going to do with that, man? Like, I can't do that. And then our buddy, Brian, like chimes in, like, I'll give you 350 bucks for it. And I'm like, Brian, shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> like the fuck. And uh, I'm trying to make a deal over here, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like grown men are trying to do business. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyway, so Brian's up like getting it from him or whatever. And I'm like, whatever. I don't even, like, I didn't even want the thing, you know, I, I just kind of was in like the heat of the moment. Like, you know, will you take this for it? And he was just like, no, like, I don't even smoke weed. Like, I no, I don't want that. Uh, and so, yeah, so Brian ended up getting one or whatever. And then, um, Alex, our road captain, he's like, sees him ripping around, you know, on this target. And he's like, fuck man, I want to get one of those. So he ends up getting a Tomos target too. And then, um brian and chelsea were dating at the time but chelsea's like also in our club she's the i guess we're the kickstand boys but she's a kickstand girl Mm. uh she's the only girl in our club at least right now she's the only girl in our club kickstand boy and then uh but i'll i'll explain uh i guess our club name and all of that and how she fits into it anyway but anyway, so yeah, uh, Alex ends up getting this target and shit, and then Chelsea ends up getting a um, a pacer, 
And then Alex's wife, Jamie's like, well, I'm going to ride with, you know, the three of you guys. So mm-hmm. she ends up getting a maxi that I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they got it from Detroit Moped Works or if they just took it there to like get it kitted. Cause at that time, Detroit Moped Works was still doing, um, like performance shit. Like mm-hmm. they would put like a 70 kit on your bike and whatnot, but they don't do that anymore, which yeah. at first I like, didn't really understand. Cause I was like, cause like I have a buddy that I sold a bike to and he's like, Oh, I can't figure out how to tune this carburetor. I just want to have you guys do it for me. And Detroit Moped Works is looking at him like, we don't want to deal with all of your ghosts and demons on this bike and whatever else, which yeah. I get because, you know, they well, didn't build the thing, you know, realistically, they're looking at me like, John, go tune that, you know what yeah. I mean? And they give uh, war- they were giving warranties out too. So it's like warranting yeah, a moped yeah, well, for so, for so long, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Well, yeah. And your warranty something that like you and I both know that that bike is not supposed to go 50 miles an hour. So it's hard to put a warranty on some magic that you put essentially into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't blame them for that at all. They actually, I mean, they still do a great job. Like they helped me with my choppers, um, engine. It's got a ZA 50 engine and mm-hmm. Alex like reshemmed it for me and whatever else he did the whole like bottom end. And, you know, I built the rest of it, but, yeah. um, you know, I guess if you're listening, definitely support your local moped shop. Those guys need your help and they're a great resource for the community. And I can't tell you how nice it is to have them around just for the small stuff of like, Oh, I need this random used part and them to be like, yeah, we've got one of those and we'll sell it to you at like a reasonable price. You know what I mean? We're like treat lands great for all the, uh, you know, fancy new high performance stuff and whatever else, but like treat lands, probably not just going to have a random brake lever that you need. That is the same level of grime as the one that's already (laughs) on your bike, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I guess moving on to like me and how I got into it. So they would have had these bikes and then, so they beat you um, to the punch, man. All of them had bikes before you. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, well I had just bought like a new mountain bike at the time, which, um, you know, is now, Hiding over here under this pile of trash. Yeah, I just sold my I, I just it. sold my mountain bike for moped parts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so like I live on top of a giant hill. I'm at like one of the highest points in like Grand Rapids, like elevation wise. So like everywhere I go, I have to go up and down giant hills. And like riding up a hill is like all well and good, but it's when it's like you literally have to continue riding uphill all the way to your house, no matter what it yeah. like really sucks, you know, like riding up the hill, leaving your house is way better than having to do it to your house, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they all beat me to the punch and shit. And then, um, so like fast forwarding into like the spring of the pandemic, when that hit my, girlfriend at the time had broken up with me and i was fucking a wreck from that which like normally i'm pretty pretty like upbeat person and Mm -hmm. stuff but i was like really fucked up from that um but then i guess also to put like context on it like i'd known this girl since i was 13 i had a crush on her since i was like 15 and then when we were like 20 when yeah we were like 28 or something we like started dating and Mm -hmm. then just like 
one day out of the blue, she was like, yeah, this, this isn't going to work out. And like, and you know, we had already like talked about like getting married. I had already started saving for like, you know, save money for a ring and all that. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was fucking devastated. And, uh, then, you know, my buddies had mopeds and shit. And I like, remember how fun, like they were like riding around, like while I was drunk and I was like, you know, I've got this stack of money fucking it's depressing me just like looking at it instead of being like mm -hmm. a sensible human being and just being like oh i should go put this money back so i don't just like look at this you know stack of money yeah i was like no no no. i should go spend all of this money <laughs> on me yeah. that's what i should do i should spend it all on myself <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah, if you wonder how I bought a bunch of uh, you know expensive moped parts, uh, I spent a diamond ring on it. So there you go. Yeah. I'm married to the game. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, dude. That, that was like but, when, but I, yes. when I bought when I bought the ring for my wife. I was like, okay, like like the, here's what literally went through my head. I was like, all right, well, if she's like the most important thing to me, then I guess I should probably mm -hmm. spend more money on her than I would on my motorcycle or a moped. So <laughs> it was like, that was like, my, that's how I made the budget. I was like, I have to spend more than I would spend on a moped or a motorcycle. Yo, I'm, I'm <laughs> fucked in that regard or whatever. Like, so before I like got into mopeds, like my hobby was, I was really into like streetwear fashion and mm -hmm. shit like that. So, you know, I was the dude that had a hundred pair of donks. You know, you know, looking back on this was really fucking stupid. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I had I had all the dunks before Travis Scott made them shits cool, and then now I'm looking back on it and being like, "Damn, I should sell some of these things. They're worth like fucking a couple grand a pair." Yeah, you know, which the you know the shoe games a whole that's so when people talk about mopeds being expensive now versus what they used to be, mm -hmm. yo, holy shit, you should see what it's like with shoes. Yeah. Like I remember thinking. Oh man, you know, I'm making a fucking come up here. Like I bought a pair of sneakers, like a pair of dunks. Right. And so in, in Grand Rapids, we've got premier, which premieres randomly has like a crazy deal with, uh, Nike where they get like all of the freshest Jordans, but only like the super exclusive release shit. And then they also have like a crazy Nike SB account. So they get like all of the stuff that like, they'll be the only store in Michigan or maybe the whole Midwest that will get like certain releases. Right. Damn. And so, uh, I would go to Grant, you know, I would go to premiere and cop Can't. whatever shoe that was like crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember once being, I think I got like entourage dunks where I think they only had five pairs, like not like five pairs of each size, but like one of each size. And then the staff that worked there took three of them, <laughs> you know? So they're like, yeah, we're selling two pairs of shoes this morning. Uh, and I magically happened to get them, but anyway, so I'd sell shoes and, you know, you'd think, okay, I'm buying the shoe selling it for $400 or whatever, making this profit. But then now that same shoe is worth like over two grand, Damn, you know, which like is crazy to think about that, you know, a pair of fucking skateboarding sneakers is being sold for over two grand. But then that just goes to show like global connectivity, right. Of, just because you might not have enough money for it doesn't mean somebody else doesn't have enough money for it. Yeah. And that's can get really extreme on certain levels with certain things, you know? Yeah. Anything, and so anything collectible that, like, can go down that a stock hobbit. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, not not to say that like a stock Hobbit is ever going to be worth like fucking two grand, but it might be, you know, <laughs> because every single year people crash them and leave them out in the rain and whatever else. And it's not like they're making any of them, That's you true. know, and eventually there's going to be somebody like you when you're 60 being like, I'm successful. I'm old. I remember riding these things around in my youth. Two grand. Fuck it. Can't give it me. It makes me happy. I don't care. I'm like, I was like, you said you know? 60. I start just doing the math in my head. Like, oh, how fucking far away am I from 60? Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, tomorrow you'll be a day closer. Yeah. Get in there slowly, but surely. But yeah. So anyway, I got into the mopeds or whatever, pretty much like out of heartbreak and shit. And then, um, you know, my buddies were like, oh, you should get a Tomos. You should get a Tomos. Cause in case anybody listening to this didn't know, my entire crew has Tomos Targa LX top tanks, except for Rich and Chelsea. Chelsea's got a Sax G3 and a Pacer, and Rich also has, I guess he's a laser, but it's also technically like a, a Pacer. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, all, the, all the rest version. of them, the other six or whatever. Yeah, the, the other six, they all got top tank Targas. So you're like, which doesn't make any fucking sense like, to me, but obviously like, I gotta get a like, step you, know, you have to get moped. this bike. It's the bike. <laughs> yeah. I didn't give a shit. I just, yo. So when I bought one, I had to drive all the way to Grand Rapids from Detroit to get it. And I ended up buying off Steve Bailey. who was a ghostwriter. Yeah. And I'm like talking with him and shit. And, uh, you know, he's got some like nice bikes and whatever else. Cause you know, ghost riders, they're out here, powder coat and everything, especially their habits. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, so I buy a bike off of him and I'm like talking with him and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you ever get like more of these? Cause in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I got to buy one for like a friend, you yeah, know what I mean? For later. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta have a, a, the loner bike, you know, <laughs> some, something to hook somebody into doing it with you, you know? Cause as, in, as any successful pusher would know, the first taste is always free. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, easy way of getting people to ride mopeds with you just let them ride your moped and go wouldn't this be fun riding this to the bar kind of cruising at like 25 miles an hour crisp air going across your face a little bit of sunshine going you know mm-hmm. under your hair no nice D- cool breeze like a lesser chance of a dui on the way home yeah and you can just park it right in front lock it to a pole sounds per- great doesn't it perfect parking always always up front always vip which is which is very true. Honestly, that's why I ride my moped all the way around or like the Grand Rapids. I've got an Explorer. I'm like, you can't fucking park that thing downtown. Riding a chow, though, you can park a chow on top of a stop sign if you really want to. <laughs> you can park it anywhere. But yeah, so uh, I bought this Maxi and then... I remember my dad telling me that he had a moped when he was younger. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I should buy my dad a Mac, a, a moped, a, a, a Maxi, because I thought that's what he had. I thought he had a Poog. Yeah. And I was like, and that way he can redo it. And then, so like I go back like a week later and I buy another one. Mm-hmm. And of course, like talking with my dad, it turns out he had a Peugeot. So like that kind of like fucked that whole plan uh, <laughs> of like the nostalgia bit or whatever. But at the same point in time, like... Yo, I've never worked on a French moped, but you guys make it seem like it's like this impossible giant to like actually make one work. Is that actually true? Or are you just like saying that? Yes and no. 
Because we uh, don't have any French mopeds. The, the Zeros buy them all. You know what I mean? Just I'm, like we don't have any derbies because the uh, Clark <laughs> brothers buy all the derbies. Yeah, they got a lot. <laughs> Which, uh, shout out, I saw they're their presenting a rally this year. Or next year. They're gonna, the yeah. moped brothers are going to have a rally. I'm going to try and go to that for sure. I know I got a wedding the weekend before that, but I'm going to try and make the rally for sure. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, damn, dude. Moped brothers are going to pull one off, dude. Yeah, and Ann Arbor is like a nice area too, which is like I guess where they're having it set. But that's a good part of Michigan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've only seen like uh, like Grand Rapids and and Kalamazoo. So I'm like, but everywhere I went in Michigan, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, these are these are pretty nice. Like it always, they all look good. It was all look fun. You know, I had a good time in all of them. So ideally, one day, maybe not next year because i need to do some planning on this but in uh i'll do the thumb the hand thing so you can see so (laughs) if detroit's like over here and grand rapids is over here i used to live way up here and up is a thing called the tomahawk trail loop Mm -hmm. which is a i think are like three or four dirt bike trail like loop that goes all throughout northern michigan and one of them is for uh I don't know. I think they're called ORVs. I don't know. Side-by-sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like wide enough that you could ride like multiple mopeds of breasts and yeah. it's not like super intensely single track dirt biking can be at points in times, so, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to do a ride up there um, and make it so that one day. Uh, so there's like a, a campground on the lake that like my parents live on or whatever. That, yeah you know state park shit and so and they also have like cabins and stuff that you can stay in too and i'm hoping to maybe one day like for the weekend or whatever of the ride i guess it would kind of technically be a rally but i'm not fully committing to saying that i'm throwing a rally at this point in time we're just doing a a ride yeah so one day we would ride yeah yeah exactly well because like the thing with like throwing a rally there is it's like a really like remote region you know what i mean because there's like lakes on either side of you and so if you're coming from the east like not that bad because you can just go through canada and take the bridge across um but you know i'm not trying to make people drive through like minnesota and shit to get there all right like jimmy already makes minnesota sound terrible enough as it is i don't want anybody to be forced into that place hey 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 man it's the right side of the river Uh, just kidding you guys Yeah, 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 good. I actually have a cousin that lives in Minnesota, but I've never gone to visit her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's near the But anyway, so I'm trying to do a ride, and then one uh, one day go along the coast of Lake Michigan or whatever. There's an area called the Tunnel of Trees in Harbor Springs. That's like a super picturesque um, ride where you're like up on a bluff and it like wraps the water and whatnot. And so you like look out and, you know, you can see like the coast and like Lake Michigan and all that on one side. And then on the other side of the road is like a bunch of forest and then slash like uh, million dollar houses, you know, from all the people trying to be up on the bluff with the great view and stuff. Um, So try and do that one day and then the next day, yeah, do uh, like off road, you know, dirt ped shit Mm -hmm. and uh see how that would really go because i don't you know to my knowledge there isn't really like a dirt head rally you know i guess there's like the the motocross like moped, yeah, the moped gp, GP dirt thing. in Nebraska. 
But I'm in the same boat as you, man. Nebraska's far. You know, yeah. it's really far. Far, a long way to um, be like, just to go ride off road. It's like, I can, do yeah. that. I can do that any day of the week, kind of, you know. But not, not with, you know, against mopeds, not like in a race, but like, you know, you can go ride some trails or whatever. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I still want to do the moped GP dirt thing, but, um, you know, I don't know anybody else with a dirt pad, so it's not like I can really just be like, oh, let me like jump in the car with you and like, we'll go do this. Like, <laughs> it's like how to make you know, uh, already driving to Nashville was really far by myself. So how far was it? Uh, I think it took me like maybe nine hours or something like that, which isn't like terrible, yeah. you know, but obviously that's a lot better when you have like somebody to talk to instead of just listening to like podcasts for nine hours and being like, well, hopefully people, well, and that was my first <laughs> rally too. So hopefully people were there. Hopefully, hopefully this, it didn't get canceled on the way. <laughs> yeah. And like my sister lives in Nashville. So like I went and saw her anyway and stuff and my nephews, but you know, I'm also like writing the game like, well, hopefully this is actually fun and like, doesn't suck. And hopefully these people actually like, like me instead of me just standing there and me being like, well, nobody wants to be my friend. Well, I guess I'll go fuck myself, <laughs> you know? Cause I've, I've heard those stories for sure on this podcast of people being like, yeah, I went to this rally and fucking everybody hated me. And then yeah. I just thought I was going to leave, but luckily it wasn't like that. You know, um, I yeah. guess, you know, I got into mopeds at like a weird time. So yeah, when everyone's uh, on the internet. So you're just making internet friends. Yeah, and like, you get the rally, and it's like, cool, you get to meet in real life. Yeah, exactly. I actually, like, took my bike off the my car or whatever and started, like, going towards the rally spot. And then I just see Dewey Martin, and he's just holding a Seminini cylinder in his hand, and he's like, it's seized. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, holy shit. And I'm, like, looking at the porting of it, and I'm like, that's a really fucking extreme cylinder. He's like, yeah, man, it just randomly seized. I don't know. It was a thing, which, uh, you know, Paul and Matt figured that out or whatever. I don't, I, I, I still don't know what happened. It was like some type of weird freak accident yeah. with the bike or whatever. But, uh, I wish that that bike would have been working that weekend though. I would have loved to seen it up against, uh, Jake Kane's fucking Toby. Cause God damn, that bike is fast. Yeah. The thing's stupid. Like real dumb. <sighs> yeah, but there's also a lot of people with some dumb bikes out there. I mean, your Hobbit's ripping dicks too. It's it's fast-ish. Like it's not like anything crazy. Like I was, it, like, Ooh, it's nothing crazy. No, it, it's fast. But Toby, there were a bunch of bikes that walked on me at that rally. I was just like, yep, not not today. Yeah, but Jake came <laughs> probably weighed less than you. Also. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, my cop out. I'm like, listen, I'm heavy. What? Like, what do you want from me, guys? <laughs> I mean, that's something I always think about when people are like, oh, this is like my top speed run and this and that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not discrediting anybody in their accomplishments, but, you know, it's definitely uh, a different story when you got uh, somebody like Alex on your, you know, who was on the show last week or whatever, where like, he's not the biggest of dudes. First, yeah. you know, you get somebody like yourself, 25 pounds soaking wet or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you get somebody like yourself, and you're like, "All right, well, I'm pretty sure I was that big, you know, when I was in eighth grade." So yeah, dude, freaking. The funny thing is, like, one thing very varied bikes are awesome, 
because they don't care so much about weight. Like I could, I remember like riding dubs with my wife. Like when she used to come to rallies with me, we'd be two up on my Hobbit still doing 55, like blasting past people. So it's like, it doesn't care about weight, like to a limit, but it, but the tuning of a varied bike is really dependent on your weight. So like if I ride a bike and it's tuned really good for me and I weigh fucking 260 pounds and then somebody else that's 150 pounds rides my bike, the bike's going to be completely out of whack and it's going to suck for them. Like I rode, um, I rode homies, GY six Hobbit. Uh, I can't remember his name on top of my head. Like we've, we've had one podcast fucking, but we wrote, I wrote his fast Hobbit. Yeah. Nick, I wrote Nick's fast Hobbit at the fucking wizards rally. And it was like, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't all that with me on it. But that bike hits 70 miles an hour plus with him on it. So it, it's set up. You know, the, the setup and the tuning really matters when it comes to that stuff. Do you remember what it was like the first time you rode a kitted variated bike? Yeah, 100%. So my first... So I had my mopeds. I had my kitted, kitted Hobbit. And I'm in my, my Moby or whatever. And I didn't know how to tune it. So like it never ripped. It was never right. Yeah. And and then I bought a Hobbit and I was like, Oh cool. This bike runs. And I rode it around and then I built it. You know, I was already in a shop with like the, the other dudes in Richmond, the group shop we had at Sean shred shed. And I rode like a kitted, I rode someone's kitted Magnum on some ride we went on. And it was like, they're like, here, ride this, ride, ride this. And I'm like, cool. I rode it, but it was geared the fuck out for some fucking little dude. And it sucked super hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so the gearing was so tall. It it took me like three four blocks, and everyone's already yeah, dusted me to finally get up to speed. And then as soon as we hit a stoplight, I have to start over again. Like it was not like a bike for me to ride. And then like I finally yeah. finished building my Hobbit the night before we went to my first out of town rally. Like literally the night before I finished building the bike, I got it started. It was a kitted DR Hobbit with a promo pipe. And I put my GPS on my phone and I put it in my pocket. Well, this is also not knowing shit about mopeds. This is to say that like you don't necessarily have to do the, the ring gap and the fucking all the fucking shit that we talk about all the time. Not super necessary. You can still plug and play with mopeds and have a good time. Like I plugged all these sh- parts together straight out of Treatland, didn't know shit about shit, slapped them all together, rode my bike down the street, hit 55. Came back with a shitty <laughs> grin on my face. Like the bike was doing fucking wheelies in the parking lot. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm ready to go to the rally. You know, like that was my first time riding a kitted variated bike. Like it was so sick. It was awesome. I had heard, I had heard you guys talk about this and like, you know, I, uh, I guess now I know people with like did variated bikes, but like nobody in my club has one or anything, you know, mm-hmm. and I've never like, it, I guess up until recently, I had never even, ridden with somebody that had one and so the first time i ever rode one uh was when i built my dirt pad and it's got a 46 millimeter panasco cylinder on it and like a speed engine and like a 16 16 shock carb Mm -hmm. and i made the weights it's like pretty light um but it also had speed gears in it and so you know, the gearing for that in the rear hub is way different than with stock gears. It's like yeah. nine to one or something like that instead of stocks, like 12 to one. So stock, you know, you, you get a lot more torque. Mm-hmm. So I like 
hit the bike and it like did a little bit of like a wheelie to the point where I was like, Oh shit. Like this is like kind of crazy. Maybe this is like what they were talking about by like popping a wheelie, which it was like, <laughs> in my mind, it would be like, you know, the equivalent of a moped doing a wheelie versus a fucking dirt bike doing a wheelie Yeah, where, you know, I'm from Detroit. Like, uh, and I used to live over on the West side, like in the heart of the ghetto too. So, um, you know, people doing, you know, the 12 o'clock wheelie boy thing or whatever, that was just like normal everyday shit, like yeah. just going outside. You know, there are people riding around on packs of mini bikes and fucking quads and dirt bikes and, mm-hmm. you know, fucking waving pistols and whatever the fuck else. Cause it's fucking West side of Detroit. It's wild yeah. and there's no laws. We outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. People were outside, but you know, for real. So you know, I, I do this little wheelie or whatever on this moped and I'm like, man, this is, this must like be what they're talking about. But then the first time I like really felt the power, I like legitimately scared the fucking shit out of myself. Yeah. I put on, I had just got my Simonian engine, put that on, put like ridiculously light weights in it. And that thing's got like the overrange clutch on it. So it's got like a scooter clutch. Mm-hmm. And I also had put in the, uh, stuck 12 to one gears being like, well, you know, I'm not trying to hit 60 miles an hour. This thing's a a dirt bike, right? I just want it to be able to fucking rip dick up a hill and do some hill climb shit, which, you know, and again, I should have fucking listened to Thomas when he was like, (laughs) oh, that thing's strong. Like, I was like, it's a fucking moped. Like, how strong can it be? Dude, I, I fucking revved this thing. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, at this time, yeah, yeah. So I fucking rev this thing or whatever at like a quarter throttle in the clutch engages. Oh, and I was also stupid and put like springs in the clutch. So they engaged at like, you know, 9,000 RPMs or something dumb. And so I rev this thing at like a quarter throttle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Some people would think that I fucking hit this gas or whatever. And the bike literally just fucking flips back and stands on in and starts doing, I'm like holding onto the handlebars and the, <laughs> it's just doing a fucking burnout, like turning in a circle as I'm like <laughs> frantically trying to hit the fucking kill switch on it. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, it, you know, it'd be the equivalent of you just like dumping the clutch on like a 125 or something like that. Yeah. Like I had no idea that a, a moped was capable of like making power like that. And then at that moment I was like, you know, trembling and being like oh god hopefully i didn't fuck this thing up too bad oh god oh god like i I wish that there was like a security camera video of like (laughs) me just sitting there and sweating and then just being like all right i still i have all my body parts it's a it's a it's a real thing i mean like even that even alex from last week dude like he when alexander started his hobbit the first time in my garage like I don't that's the only part that I missed having video footage of. Like he literally the first time he fired up, he did a wheelie like almost into the fence in my alley. Like <laughs> turn the throttle yeah, bike, bike You don't have those weights in there, right, man? Holy shit. Yeah. And and so like, you know, now I guess that I own variated bikes. That's what people are talking about when they're like, ooh, variated, man. It's something different. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very true. You get that thing tuned in right, and holy shit! I still think like my my kitted my bit a lot Hobbit. I mean, my bit a lot motorcade was like the most violent, like off the line moped I ever owned, because like it was just clutch spring, like Doppler clutch pulley, like it just revved and it took well, off. Like, it was like a bat out of hell, dude. 
that's different though too because you get the uh the launch lever so like you don't have to have your variator tuned in as well you can kind of like fake the funk a little bit yeah, with the launch lever which is nice yeah I, yeah I've, I've still never ridden a, a french bike but um that's like you know something one day i would like to get into that but you know as i'm sure you see with my bikes like i can't fucking <laughs> i can't do that right now yeah man. it's another slippery slope <laughs> yeah i i already know that it'll you know so there's a dude in in bay city michigan uh that's got one of those twin engine uh motobacons mm-hmm. that like you see turkey and shit like that you know yeah. i don't know if they ever sold them in america but it seems like there's a shitload of them turkey i saw uh, one at that uh ma20 rally it was like a purple one i think the dude was from the ghost riders yeah that was probably it yeah that was probably his um but yeah he's like i think 70 cc kits on it or something like that. thing looks insane but i guess if i were ever to do the french hole like that would probably be the bike that i'd be looking to do but then also you know you're doing twin engine like all out build and then being like oh yeah just throw fucking eight thousand dollars at this bike real quick oh and my. then it'll work fast nah i, I can never because i'm like also like the twin engines like it's just double the headache. I feel you gotta and you gotta go shit that's not like normal to purchase. Like I feel like the the normal all out. It's like like the max of it. It's like that whole like parallelogram shit. And there's like maybe three people who have one of those like in the country. So it's like that's probably like top of the tier single engine like Moby. Well, that's French another tech. that's another problem you start getting into. Like the more you like make your bike complex the more that you're like cutting out super, your support super system. Limited. Yeah. You're very, very limited on, on the amount of people that like you actually can help. So like the, um, my dirt pet's got the Melosi overrange transmission on it. And like, to my knowledge, there's like two or three other people in the country that are running it, which I hope that there's more, but, and if they are, please contact me so we can talk about how to actually tune this thing together. Yeah. Um, but it makes it hard because you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to do these things that aren't really meant to do with technology that's brand new. And, you know, Vespa's got a bunch of weird dark art magic shit to it where you're like, oh, this is a brand new part, but you need to grind this and slot mm-hmm. this and take this apart. Cut your crankshaft, even though it's brand new, just get a grinder out and fucking go ahead and cut <laughs> that thing. Like wait, what? You want me to just take an angle grinder to my brand new crankshaft? And they're like, yeah, the company's dumb that made it. Fucking take an angle grinder to it. Trust me, it'll work better. And you're like, okay. Uh, but then the more you play it, the more you're like, oh man, there actually is some truth to some of this. Yeah. You know? It's so crazy. Which, like, mo- yeah. You think like mopeds, like when you start getting so expensive, the shit just works and it, and that's not the case. You know, there's, no, there's that level work. of stuff that's just plug and play and you can kind of roll the dice on it. But so much of it, it's like, you might want to make sure that's right before you fucking send it. Well, well, yeah. And then, so the more you send it, the more you need to be able to unsend it too. So the more you're like, Oh, my bike goes really fast. And you're like, does it have disc brakes? Because mm-hmm. you fucking need disc brakes. And like, you know, I thought like, Oh, Vespas have really solid brakes. Like, I should be fine. I got that CMO engine. And the first thing I thought was, holy shit, I can't stop. 
Yeah. I, I'm going to literally crash and die. So then I had to go out and, you know, get a front disc brake, which, as you know, isn't cheap. No. But stopping's way more important than going fast. Way more important. And I actually think I have a lot more fun uh, stopping good than going fast good sometimes. Because, like, my hop, not my hop, oh, my, yeah. my fox, like, I don't know what kind of fucking magic they put into the brakes on the stock fox wheels. Like, literally this bike has drum brakes that break like disc like i can lock up the rear wheel and skid to any stop sign or stoplight and i find myself doing it every group ride we go on i'm the dude who's just like skid stopping sideways into the fucking stoplight like ah that was great you know <laughs> it's as much as people always say like kinetics are just piece of shit mopeds which you know for the most part a lot of them are really shitty they have the best brakes out of any moped that I've come across. Kinetics have killer fucking brakes. The frames are trash and will break in <laughs> half in two seconds, but they'll be able to stop really well. Yeah. So what's uh, what's your future plans with, with, with your mopeds? You got the Simonini Vespas like all built out. Like your, your Maxi's pretty built out. Like do you have another yeah, project you're well, working on currently? We'll do a so we've got this guy, which is a uh, like a Jailing 125. It's a copy of a, a Hobbit. Yeah, I got a Jailing, but not, this the, is my buddy. not the four stroke. So this is what I'm wondering. So it also came with this guy, that center rack that you have on yours. And I'm wondering if this center rack will also fit on a Hobbit. It or if might. it's too big. That's a little really it looks a little different than mine, but if it's a jailing frame, I think it'd probably fit. Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. And then so we got this blue Tomos is going back to my buddy Kurt that's in our club. It's got the uh the mini rotor on there now, a 29 tooth. Which luckily I get to wash my hands of this bike. And then moving on to shit that's put away for winter you got the chopper and i went full euro and put like the biggest handlebars possible on it which was a goddamn mistake <laughs> is thing it the, is ape, so the ape hangers dude, well dude i got the biggest ape hangers you can and like this fork is like this is still a moped fork for even as big as it is like mm -hmm. it's not stable like going fast on it and then i coupled it with the most unstable handlebars possible and like and then you know i I got a fully built engine ZA50 with, you know, V-Force reeds and, a, you know, all of the fancy bits and pieces. And I made it too fast. It's terribly uncomfortable to ride. How do you like so, the, you know, I fucked up. how do you like the full, the fully built out ZA versus like a fully built out E50? Cause I've never had both. I've never had both. I've only had E50s built out. I've never had like a ZA that wasn't just stock. The, I mean, Honestly, the, the built out. This, so this is my thing with it. I honestly think that I'm going to end up blowing up the ZA 50 and plus I change the gearing. It's just got stock gearing on it right now, but it fucking, it rips dick. Just, you know, I just know that it's shifting components weren't designed for taking that much power. So, you know, like my E50's got straight cut gears and shit and a Mr. Cool ice and a KTM clutch and, 
you know, it, it can handle the power, but I'm, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if I end up just grenading my ZA 50 engine, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I personally really don't know because I, ha- I haven't ridden it enough. Like right now it works and it rips stick. And, you know, like I said, Detroit works built it for me. So they did a great job. Um, cause that's, dude, that's like one of the things that kills me. I own like a, a set of like, uh, Pook dealership tools mm-hmm. that I was lucky. Oh shit. That I was lucky enough to buy off one of the ghost riders. And, uh, you know, I go to like rebuild my ZA 50 or whatever. And I'm like, Oh shit, I don't have the shim measuring tools, mm. which for those who don't know are like unobtainium in the moped world. Unless you're like some, you know, OG like out on the West coast. It's like, Oh yeah, we've been rebuilding ZAs because of the Hills and whatever for forever, which I think now maybe there's somebody that's like making replicas or, reproductions of them in, in some capacity but you know i don't know alex at detroit moped works was pretty much just like listen you're gonna fuck this up if you try and build this thing and you know you spend all this money on a new crankshaft and a fancy ignition and a polini kit and like do you really want to shim that wrong and for the uh shim to or the bearing to possibly just explode out of the side of the case because you fucked it up and i'm like yeah. Nope. Nope. I don't. I want to pay you to do it because I know you're <laughs> going to do a good job. And uh, yeah, I'd happily give you my money for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also like a thing. It's like, but then, yeah, who else is losing? That's why I feel like uh, that's one of those things. Like, who's really using those tools anyway? Like, no one's. So no one's got them. Everyone's just kind of like winging it. You know, I think this is the right shim spacing, like playing it to feel. And then, you know, that might be everyone's problem. Yeah, I was going to say that might also be part of the reason why everybody's just like, I'm not really sure about ZAs. But um, I, I guess for comparison, I feel like my ZA Polini is faster than uh, the kitted Tomos that my friends have that have, you know, the Alu kit, 45 millimeter on it or whatever. Hmm. Um, I've, I've heard the same, like, I've heard the zeros say that, like, like Sorry, I was saying I heard the zeros say that like um, the ZA is like the better Tomos. Maybe um, I'm not. So the thing that I don't really understand about Tomos engines is like why they ever thought a cork clutch was a good idea. You know, like I feel like the mechanics of the engine are good. Just like using cork cork as a clutch pad material was like super fucking dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's um, cool, like how easily it is to replace. Like anyone can do it for yeah. for for no money. Like it's so cheap to reline Tomo's clutches and takes takes no time. So I feel like out of that, that's like a lot easier than some of the other clutch material, you know, on all the other bikes. Like replacing a Hobbit clutch pad, like no way, it's never happening. I just have to get another clutch, you know. Yeah. A hundred percent. Which speaking of clutches, how do you like that? How about Euro clutch? I haven't ridden it enough to tell. Like it feels pretty wild so far. I feel like I can make it even tighter, but the bike's super, I rode it once last night. I took the bike around the block and it's super fast, but it's currently like really sketchy, like unrideably sketchy. Like my throttle Mm. fucking is like, I need a new throttle cable and some other shit. Like it just feels 
like not good. <laughs> like it's fast, but it's like the it's really twitchy. If that makes sense. I feel you on that. My dirt pad is pretty much set up that way. It either like doesn't move or it spins up to 10,000 RPMs and it's clutch engages and then it just rips dick. But there is no like, I'm going to go 20 miles an hour on this thing. Like that yeah. can't really happen. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Like the throttle, I feel like, and I feel like it's because my throttle cable just isn't returning properly or something's hung up or I have an air leak or something because it's just like the way it comes on. And the way it kind of hangs, even after I let go of the throttle, like isn't, isn't safe. So I'm, I haven't even tried it. Um, I just got Lacitos. Like I've been using Lacitos forever. Hmm. I'm going to try to think of which one I have. I've got this one that I use on pretty much like all of my bikes. The ones with the little orange tab on top, the little orange, little plastic piece. Like that's like the Lacitos are like, they're cheap, but you know, oh, I had I have that bike. Well, no, I had that one on. Uh, it, that was on the green bike that I sold. That green maxi. But I use these ones that it's. I guess I want to say it's made by Domino, but from now looking at it, uh, it's not. It says Formula Cross on it, and then Tomaselli. Mm-hmm. But this throttle, I pretty much use on every bike, and it's yeah, like a Domino top-notch. short short pool. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like short, short pull. I've got a, like a super short pull one on my chow, and it's honestly stupid. Like yeah. it, it's like you know an eighth of a pull. Like yeah, that's what I'm. Thing that's, where yeah, you're that's a hundred percent what I'm putting on my maxi. The amount that you have to twist it to make it do anything is retarded. Yeah, my maxi. I'm definitely oh, yeah, going yeah. like with the shortest pull ever because that's all, all I want. I only want the bike to be on on and off, like all or nothing, like all the time. So I want to be able to like, are you going to case induct your, uh, no, are you going to case induct your maxi? No, definitely not. I I don't want to do it myself and I'm not going to like pay someone else to do it. Like, I don't, I don't care enough to do that. So I'm skipping it. Whoa. Okay. Well, I was going to say something. I don't know how much I'm really allowed to talk about it, but something cool in that regard is coming for the moped world. That makes it more easily accessible to people. I've seen it. The, the, the prefab like cases getting recasted and stuff. No, well, it's not the Addy, uh, the Addy 50 engine that bookshop sells. It's, uh, a better rendition of that is coming. Hmm. And you don't have to cut your own reed valve in it and whatever else. Um, there's, there's different renditions where <clears throat> that'll already be done for you. Yeah. So it's one of those things like I look I, forward to in racer tech world. Like I feel like people, you can get so much out of the Gila and you can already put V force reads in a Gila and rock your E 50 like that, that it's like going case inducted. It's like, there's no point when I'm like, you can get six pedal reads, eight pedal reads and a fucking Gila kit. Oh yeah. I mean, you could do that on uh I did that on my SEMO engine, um, which was like, pretty unnecessary but you can take the intake from a pook polini kit that you would use to put v-force reads on it mm-hmm. and then that same molosi bolt pattern lines up to the side of a simonini engine so i put v-force reads on a simonini sick for no reason i guess really just, uh just better i mean they're sick it works now. great but cut back on that flutter yeah yeah well that in comboed with uh 
that like airbox that I had that dude in Italy like 3D print me or whatever. Like yeah, there's sick. There's definitely something to be said in Airbex technology. Like and when you guys had J Bot on the show or whatever, he was talking about a shampoo bottle thing mm-hmm. and like the effects of running an airbox versus running an air filter. Yeah. And honestly, after running the box, it's it's great. Like it's it's kind of like a game changer when it comes to tuning it because if you're ever running like you can jet like kind of lean and then just by twisting a little dial on the side of it, you can, you know, make your shit just like slightly more rich, but it's not like crazy, crazy restrictive that you're mm-hmm. like really losing power, you know? So like if in the event you like actually do start like peaking with temperatures or whatever, you just twist a fucking knob. And the next thing you know, like your temperatures drop like 20 to 40 degrees and you're like, Oh, now my bike's not going to explode anymore. Nice. Yeah. Dude, speaking of that, let's kind of drive down this rabbit hole because for someone who's been in the game like for as short as you, like you've gone deep down the rabbit hole of like all the things, mm-hmm. internet, fancy parts. And like, I kind of want to know how oh, you've yeah. like found some of the cool things you found. Like what were some of the coolest bo- parts that you've bought that were kind of like out of the normal? So... Uh, like I was saying earlier, my like hobby before this was like boutique sneaker streetwear shit. So, uh, finding like, you know, clothes and sneakers and all that kind of stuff that like, you know, nobody's ever seen before was like my go-to like as a hobby type of thing. You know, I'd find random sneakers in like France and shit that, nobody in America ever sold and, you know, they made a thousand pairs of or whatever. And I hunted them down on the internet and bought them type of thing. So back to your question of how did I find random weird parts for mopeds on the internet? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, honestly, I, th- I think the best way to do it is to just like find, I guess, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for Vespa, Vespa stuff, there's like month, or Gila or something which I think is like the Italian uh, the Italian word for like you know it's, it's like they're equivalent of Maffa cross sort of thing but it's not like Germany or Austria it's like in Italy there aren't very many people that own like real dirt bikes which I think is because of their like emission laws and shit like that mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that take Vespas and are like this Vespa normally bravo or c is going to become my dirt bike so they do essentially what i did with mine but like on you know even even as much as like i've done with my bravo like there's still a whole nother level of oh now instead of using a scooter clutch we're going to use scooter clutches and jack shafts and make it chain drive so that it's essentially like kind of doing what a derby does but on a different degree with better clutches i guess with more range to them like kind of like a so you get like more yeah you get more gearing to it um which like those setups are fucking insane like i'm you know you've seen the gp racing parts dude or whatever yeah his shit's super baller you know like like hand yeah, but then like you, know, you also go down that tagged. rabbit hole <laughs> Well, yeah, but then, so then, like, so imagine this, like, you know, to, like, the chain drive setup, like, subframe that he sells is, like, 
$1,500. And that doesn't include an engine. That's just the subframe. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, you got to buy all of the clutches and whatever else to like put that thing together. And then you're like, okay, so when this thing's like actually working, I've spent like, you know, I don't know, (laughs) five grand on like the bottom half of my bike, you know, or something stupid. But yeah those dudes don't have dirt bikes. And so they have these like crazy competitions where I don't don't even know if they're really competitions. They just kind of look like something for camaraderie really, but you know, there'll be like 500 of them and they'll all rip off on these little Vespa dirt bikes, you know, that they made and they'll rip like, you know, a hundred kilometers or whatever. And at the end they'll have like a big cookout and, you know, they'll go camping and whatever else. And it looks like a riot, but those dudes and the tech that they have, are insane because they, you know, they're smart. They don't have eight mopeds or 10 mopeds. They're like, they have I one. have the one that I ride. And then I have my super intense dirt bike one. So even though I dropped, you know, 8,000 euros into the stupid thing, like what is somebody that's really into dirt biking drop into, you know, a thousand CC dirt bike, you know? Yeah. Shit I mean, load. I think just those adventure bikes, you know? Oh yeah, you're going big adventure bike. You're definitely spending a lot of money. Even small dirt bikes like a KTM is going to cost you nine grand. You know, seven yeah. seven thousand, nine thousand I mean, bucks for 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 a fancy KTM. I very easily could have just bought a dirt bike instead of building my dirt pad, but that's not the point. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a fun experience when somebody's like, "What? Uh, where'd you buy that?" And you're like, no, I built it. And they're like, what? And you're like, yeah, it's a Vespa Bravo moped. And they pull up like a picture of what one looks like stock. And they're like, what in the fuck? And you're like, yep, well, have fun on your uh, thing that you bought at the dealership down the street that, uh, you know, there's four other people in this neighborhood that have the same thing. Yeah, I get that. Um, But yeah, so in in terms of like finding parts and shit, uh, I guess for Vespa, just following that one hashtag will open your eyes to all kinds of crazy bikes and whatever else. What was it again? uh, In case anyone missed it. It's Monferragila or Gila Monferragila. Um, But yeah, it's like their version of of, um, Moffa cross, or I guess just look up Moffa cross, but you're going to get mainly E 50 shit with that. True. Which for E fifties, that's another great one. So Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, the Mr. Ice Cool thing or whatever that came out, which that product is great. If you have an E50 and you don't want to have clutch fade, buy that thing. It's great. Um, but that's not like a new idea. Um, they've been doing that in Europe for like some years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a... The oversized clutch fuck, cover. I'm trying to think of what the website is. Yeah, there's the one that they sell though is different though. It has um it has like more cooling fins to it, but it doesn't have um an overflow valve for it and it also doesn't have like a temperature sensor like this one does, which I guess is nice, not in the sense that like you really need to know what your like ATF temperature is, but you know, it's like one more thing to keep track of, I guess, if you're like really going to be racing and like really actually worried about like your clutch fading and stuff. But being able to overfill your transmission and get like that extra bit of ATF in there, like 
It, it definitely helps. There's a reason that you see all of the super intense, like E50 dirt bike dudes with those. Yeah. Um, they definitely, definitely work, but you know, looking at that and then just the dudes that do like the poop shop racing cup or whatever, um, you know, they do a lot of things over there that we don't think to do as much. You know, like they, a lot of them use like Creedler heads for their kits and stuff like that, or different, mm. um, different stroked crankshafts. Like they'll use like, um, what's a Hobbit, like a 39 or something like that. I can't even tell you off the top of my head. Man, you're supposed to be a Hobbit wizard too. <laughs> Jeez. I'm a cheater, dude. I, I just, um, buy, I just buy the shit and like, it's the same, same one we're all using, you know, no one's swapping cranks on a Hobbit. That's it. That's true. But then honestly, so if you can ever get your hands on a stroker crank, it makes it way better. There's some extra bullshit that you have to do. Cause you have to like make a base spacer to be able to like get the port timing like correctly. But mm-hmm. like that little extra bit of oomph that it gives you that torque is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that they made a ZA 50 stroker crank until last week, but apparently swing makes one. You're like, damn it. Um, I already put the bike together. <laughs> Yeah, right. I've already got a stuffy train, uh, stuffy treats crank in there. Um, but yeah, so there's a so speaking of, of parts, so there's a whole company called Swing S W I I N G that makes a bunch of like really cool Vespa and Pook parts that they don't like. They don't sell any of that in America, and I don't really know why because um, it's really high quality shit in terms of like moped parts. But I, I mean, it must be something with like their distribution contract or something like that. But um, S-W-I-I-N-G swing. They make some cool uh, aftermarket shit that um, unlike MLM actually fits when you buy it and put it on your bike. Hmm. Um, which powder, I don't know if you've ever had that the powder coat, man. It's, MLM, it's just the powder coat. Like, makes it too thick. Dude, MLMs, <laughs> they need to tighten the fuck up. Their quality control is piss poor. If you're listening to this and you need a new intake or a new fucking exhaust pipe, hit up Ryan Go, buy a crank pipe. It will fit. It will be perfect. It will be meticulously hand welded. Fucking MLM, you're dropping the goddamn ball. Yeah. All that, all that outsourced welding, I, dude. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate them because they make a bunch of like specialty parts that had they not make it, it wouldn't exist. Right. And I do greatly appreciate them for that. But at the same point in time, if I buy five fucking $60 intakes from you and every single one of them is warped, that's, that's pretty fucking whack. You know what I mean? And it's not like you can write to MLM and be like, hey, you made some bullshit warped ass intake. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well. What'd you do to uh, rectify yeah, it? You reweld them? Intake? Or you, uh. Yeah. What'd you, you know, what, but what, I mean, that's. What'd you have to do to fix them? That, yeah. I mean, so like, you know, sand them down and fucking get out, you know, a piece of glass with sandpaper on it and fucking try and make it flat and all that. I'm not, I'm. You might have a bunch of like moped tools. I'm still not like cool enough to get that like official stone. You know what I mean? That's like perfectly flat for like sanding shit down. Uh, it's like I just use a piece of glass and a piece of sandpaper. Yeah, a piece of glass or like enough. I got a. I just got a tile. Like I just went the the Lowe's and bought like a tile. It's because it's flat. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, 
tape my what's shit a, to that. What's one moped tool that you wish you had that you don't have, but you think would be really nice to have? Hmm. Uh, I don't have any engine stands. I don't have any like case splitters. I feel like those are two things that like are could be pretty usable for mopeds. Do you need something to split a case for a Hobbit? That's the thing. You don't. I just use a rubber mallet. And just That's what I'm saying. Apart. You don't for anything. You can just get a hammer and like get it done. But like when you have like a nice case splitting tool that like does your shit evenly every time, like that's kind of cool. Like I try to buy all the specialty tools like I need, like as I come across the problem, like, you know, when you hit that problem, you're like, damn, I really wish I had that. That would make this easier. I've definitely been in those situations where I was like, all right, like I'm just going to buy this tool from the store. Cause it's going to save my life. I remember like, I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah. destroyed wheel bearings and all the bearings explode, but the outer the outer race is still in there. Like I've, oh, yeah. I've had that happen, and like, and I didn't know what to do. I tried all this shit, I couldn't get it out. And my buddy's like, "Dude, I have the tool. Just come borrow it." And I went to his house, and it's a slide hammer with a fucking three jaw that opens up from the inside. And Polar, yeah. yeah, and I just put that in there, and I twisted a little thing, and it opened up, and it grabbed the fucking race, and I slid hammered it back like one or two times, and it came out. And I was like, dude, I fought this for hours trying to fucking bullshit it out of there with like a screwdriver and some other stuff. And like, I was like, you know, this close to just going at it with a Dremel and potentially fucking up the wheel, you know? You're just ruining everything. Yeah, where you're just like, you're real, real fed up. You're like, ooh, I, I think I can Dremel this just enough to get it out of there. And like, I'm glad I just went and got the tool and now I bought one and I keep it in the garage. So you would have dribbled it out just enough just to not make the sealed bearing fit, <laughs> fit next time. Yeah. In there. <laughs> a little bit loose and wobbled out. Uh, and then you eat shit. Then like you broke no, Now you broke an arm. Like of- now you're in the hospital and they cost you way more money. <laughs> For real. But yo, that's, that's honestly part of mopeds. Like, uh, you know, you fucking start building something and then you're like, oh, shit, now I need this weird specialty gizmo thing. And then you like, you know, you go to the store and somebody looks at you like you're a fucking idiot because you're mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I need this uh, weird little gizmo that does this. And they're like, wait, you want what? And you're <laughs> like, <sighs> What's yeah, the name I, okay, the so I need... I need a, a tabletop oven about this big that I can stick a, a, a small, like a weed whacker size engine case inside of so I can get a bearing out. You guys like sell something like that? And they're like, I mean, we have George Foreman's over here. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm talking, put a weed whacker engine in it. And they're like, uh, okay, fucking Hank Hill. Uh, like, you fucking psycho. I don't know. That's one thing I don't but, have that know, I think would be cool. Like, I don't have a toaster. Like I don't have a toaster oven in my garage. Mm. So toaster ovens are, are honestly very nice for doing like, um, you know, if, if you're actually going to be rebuilding a bunch of engines and stuff like that, because the thermodynamics of like, you know, heating bearings and then having a cold crank, uh, yeah. which I don't ever put my cranks in the freezer. I just make them cold. Uh, I've, I've, I've always thought that like having condensation on the crank and then 
putting the bearing on there, like probably wouldn't be that good for it. And I know that you guys have talked about this a million times on this mm-hmm. show about like, what's the temperature that you're supposed to heat it to. According to Polini, don't heat your shit over 250 because yeah. it can warp it. And that's just what Polini says. I don't know if that's actually true, but I normally try and go like 225. Yeah, I didn't write it down, but I think last time we built some cases, that's what we ended up doing. We put the bearings in the freezer and then we we like heated the case with a torch, like a, like map gas, but we just but we had a temp, oh, yeah. we had a temp gun out so we could like repeatedly oh, check the temperature of the cases and we're like all right cool like this is 200 let's see how it goes with that and you try it and if it was hard then you knew like okay well now we know we just kind of experimented with it so we knew what how hot to get it so now we, we had a, had like a, a baseline idea of like what temperature to use so if you do it once just kind of like use a little temp gun that you get from like the auto parts store and then you can like at least keep track of how hot you got the thing and you're like all right cool like that's how hot i gotta do it next time just write it on the wall or something Have you ever tried the trick for putting uh, bearings on a crank where you put the bearing itself in like hot uh, two-stroke oil and then heat Mm -hmm. that all up and then drop it on there? So like the bearing itself is already lubed up and shit when you drop it onto the crank when it's hot? Ah, I see what you're saying. I have not tried that. But it makes sense if it's hot enough. Yeah, that also works. I've I've watched some people build like Vespa engines that Mm -hmm. way, which it's not like necessary to do that but it does work you just put like you know a little pyrex with some oil or whatever and put it on a little hot plate and let it just thing get some tongs drop boom yeah hot plates are sick you know heat your fucking little bearings up you know the the little toaster oven's cool like i i've always had like a mini fridge like in the garage or somewhere near my like workstation so there's always like the mini fridge to throw your shit in the freezer like i think the first bike i ever built like I, I just put stuff in my kitchen oven you know you can Ooh. make you can make anything work yeah it was an apartment i didn't live there oh, <laughs> like, i mean i lived there but it, it, we weren't yeah, cooking yeah. that oven, dude. it was fine <laughs> yeah to anybody listening to this do not put things in an oven you will stink up your fucking house yo and i didn't realize that the, so i i learned that lesson the hard way all right and so uh I'm going and I'm like trying to uh, rebuild. Um, I think maybe it was the first E50 that I'd ever rebuilt. And I'd got a, a top racing crankshaft. We don't really sell those in America, but it's weird because like they take one bearing size on one and then another bearing size on the other side of the crankshaft for like no reason, really. Mm-hmm. When like all of the rest of E50 crankshafts aren't like that, it's just this top one for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway, so we, I'm at my buddy's house and, uh, we throw the, the bearings in the oven or whatever to like, you know, heat them up and shit. And I didn't realize that it would make the like burnt off oil gas smell type of thing in the house. And it was like a nice summer day. So we're like outside fucking around and shit, come back in the house, you know, like 25 minutes later to like get them out. And we're like, Oh fuck. We just reeked up the whole house. And his, (laughs) uh, wife was pregnant at the time. And so uh you know we come in the house and i'm like oh fuck i just ruined the inside of their house with this like burnt oil like terribleness like (laughs) jamie's gonna come through and be pissed and yo luckily it was the exact opposite that she came through i was like can't smell anything and i was like what (laughs) and she's like it smells fine and i was like okay i'll be outside (laughs) (laughs) it's like got the fuck out of there 
Like, don't snitch on myself. You know, don't it's like the feeling myself. you like when you go to the store. Yeah, it's like this feeling when you go to the store and they hand you back like the wrong change and you're like, this is too much money. Okay, I'm just going to nonchalantly leave, you know? <laughs> mm. Which like, you know, yeah, obviously don't do that to mom and pop <laughs> stores. But if like, in, if Walmart hands me back the wrong change, I'm fucking walking out of that store. Fuck you, Walmart. <laughs> don't mind if I do. Dude. Yeah, you sleep at the switch. Nobody feels bad for you. <laughs> Uh, but yo, so, so now that you're go ahead you're leading the interview you can ask the question i was gonna ask you one no i don't care dude questions are questions they're all the same <laughs> how's it being a dad um it's cool like it it's different like there's like i don't know it's just something else that I'm, like, I'm responsible for like i feel like i'm like got into a point where i'm okay with like responsibilities and like I'm like all right cool like this is just another thing i have to do like it's fine like he's fun like it's fun as he can be for a baby right now you know like he doesn't do a whole well, lot yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, but it's so cool that was, like that was one of the things i was gonna bring full circle on you so now that you've got a kid right mm-hmm. the next couple years and then again I don't, I don't have any kids but i've got two nephews so i've mm-hmm. watched you know, and i have a lot of friends with kids so i've watched kids grow it seems like the first year is like, you know, obviously they got a lot of responsibilities because, you know, you're just getting into the swing of things and whatever else. But the year after that and the year after that and the year after that until they're about eight and they can actually like, you can kind of trust them to be on their own without them being like chilling in a chair for five minutes and magically pulling out some scissors and like trying to stab yourself or something like that. (laughs) You know, that kind of shit happens. So this first year or whatever, while the little one's still young and like, isn't like mobile and like scooting and walking around yet where they can like really get into shit. Yeah. You got to try and take it like at least a little bit advantage of the fact of like your kid can only semi cause this many problems right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's when like, they get to like, you know, like four or five, they start causing all the problems <laughs> yeah, dude, and you're yeah. like, all right, well now I really don't have any time to fucking do anything. Yeah. There's no problems right now. I can like, he sleeps a lot. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I, I feed him, I change his diaper, like r- hold him a little bit. Like he falls asleep and I lay him down. And he's like out for a while. I'm like, cool. Like he's out. <laughs> yeah. It's when they get to like two and they start talking and then you say something and you're like, Oh shit. And then your kid's like shit. And you're like, no, no, don't say that word. You didn't hear that from me. Uh, uh, I don't know what to do now. Uh, don't, yeah. that wasn't a real word. You know? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's fine. Which like that kind of, you know, that 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 unfortunately happens or whatever. But and my wife's like, you know, obsessed with him, so that's like it helps a lot too. She's like she's like, give me the boy. Like I want oh, the yeah. boy. Like I love the boy. Give me the boy. Where's the boy? I want to touch the boy, feel the boy, look at the boy. Like <laughs> Of course. But you know, it's 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 you know, arguably the crowning achievement of your life up until this point. You know what I mean? Is you know, you created another human being. Like how cool is that? I don't know, dude. I built the hobbit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so selfishly on that same note though uh i honestly like i honestly was more proud after rebuilding like my first moped and again not like you know i don't have i don't have like what you had with like the shred shed and all that of like a community workspace where there's people that like actually know what the fuck they're talking about to some degree Mm -hmm. to be like hey like you should put grease on that or like that's not 
tight. You should actually tighten that. Like I, I didn't have any of that. So mm-hmm. when I actually like first rebuilt my first engine and it like actually started and all of that, I was way more proud in that moment than I was when I walked across the stage, graduating college, yeah. you know, which like looking back on it, it's fucked up, you know, cause you'd think like, Oh, you just spent what 16 or 17 years or something like that. Like mm-hmm. getting this education to be, you know, quote unquote smart, which mm-hmm you know and i don't feel any smarter after going to college i mean yeah. i guess i learned some things and it was a good cultural experience but you know i i would definitely argue that you don't learn too much in college that a job couldn't just teach you yeah and it also depends you know? a lot on like the field you're going into there's some people who like go to college for like thing like my wife graduated college from a field that she's never worked in like you know oh that's me 100 percent. i went to college for integrated supply matrix management and i have a minor in economics mm-hmm. so essentially it's supply chain stuff but then i took a bunch of like engineering yeah. classes to be able to like you know interlink the business side to the like actual practicality side mm-hmm. of like hey we need to build this conveyor belt like here's the blueprint can you actually draw a blueprint yeah. you know but you know, I've, I've never fucking done any of that in my life. The majority mm-hmm. of my club, like, went to school for the, you know, doing the exact same thing. And they work in logistics and shit boxes and all of that. Like, I don't, you know, for a long time, I was in the recreational weed, uh, you know, game <laughs> or whatever. So, like, I learned how to, I learned how to grow warehouses full of weed. Yeah. And I guess you have to do that, like, efficiently with supply chain and whatever else. <laughs> but, like... You know, I'm aware of what FIFO is and a Kanban system and all that, but like, you know, I really have never used that in my life. And then even my friends that do logistics, you know, if I were to be like, so how often do you use a Kanban system? They'd be like, <laughs> fucking never, man. That's an Sending up flags in the house. He's got computers to do that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah it's all data mapped and everything. Yeah. Like, Dude, I went down a rabbit hole of just so, like... You know, I don't know. It's It's interesting. I said I went down a rabbit hole of just like inventory management s- s- software for a while. I was like, "Ooh, I want to learn how all this internet like." Yeah. And it's like that's like a deep rabbit hole. It's like, dude, you could like people who do that for a career. It's like, yeah, you could definitely devote like yourself to learning all this shit, like know all the ins and outs with, without ever going to school. That's, I mean, one of our uh, our club mates, Pete. He's our uh, sergeant in arms. He does inventory management stuff. But then again. You know, he's got the same degree as me and my friend Curtis and my buddy Rich. But somehow he got into the, like, computer inventory side of things instead of, like, the shipping of boxing. And then it wasn't, like, his decision. It was just, like, this, you know, whatever company you got a job for being, yeah, like, the path that uh, you're down. smart. We're just going to, like, train you to fucking do whatever we need you to do. Yeah. Which, you know, really, like, that's kind of any job. They just, you know, as long as you're a capable individual, they go you might not know exactly what you're doing, but we can show you how, and we believe in you to like, not fuck it up. Yeah. You know, cause like nobody, like, even though you like go to school to be like a doctor, like, you know, it's not like you graduate from, you know, medical school and then magically, you know, everything <laughs> that there is to know about diseases, you know, like he, like, he graduated here. Here you, you go. You still <laughs> certain have to get trained to a certain degree, you know? Yeah. A little, little, uh, and I guess, you know, mopeds is like that. 
definitely for sure. Like the experience of use of like actually doing a task versus knowing how to do a task, two different things. Oh, the, the that's that's one thing I'll, I will give to mopeds for sure is that you know, unfortunately, I've spent a lot of money um, learning hard mistakes, but at the same point in time, learning them the hard way definitely was much more valuable than the like the actual monetary amount put on it you know what i mean yeah. like what what do you think the what do you think the hardest lesson that you had to learn in mopeds was and not necessarily the most expensive but like one of the biggest like <sighs> i fucked up moments i could just say like as an umbrella statement it would be diagnosing because diagnosing the problem is mm. the hardest part. Like fixing this. Once you learn how to fix the things, oh, sure. easy, like cool. I can change the piston. I can like, you know, change my car. I can jet this. I can do it. But like when you're fixing mopeds, the thing that takes the most time, like, Ooh, this job that only takes 20 minutes to fix took me fucking five hours. is because you spend all this time trying to diagnose what the actual problem was in the first place. So learning, 100%. learning those little things, I feel like is like the most helpful part I've taken away from mopeds. Like, like even the other day, like we went on this cool ride, had fun. It was a blast. Came back, and I was like, pull my bike out to go ride. Then another day, and as soon as I tried to kick it over, I heard this little bird chirping sound. Like, chirp, chirp, chirp. and I kicked kicked it again. It was like chirp chirp chirp, and I was like, that sounds like an air leak, a hundred percent. And I just put the bike back in the garage. Cause, cause I know what that sound is from being able to diagnose the problem from it happening multiple times before in the past couple of years. So instead of like someone else who wouldn't know what that sound was, would just be like, send it. And like the bike starts cool, go ride it. And they go ride the bike and then they blow it up because they don't understand how to diagnose the problems. That's very true. And honestly, the diagnosing of the problem is something that like, I know that been talked about a bunch on this podcast and then also on on jimbo's is that you know there isn't like a diagnostic system like a car like there is for mopeds and so you know you take your moped to a moped shop and it might take them fucking four or five hours to actually figure out what the fuck's wrong with it because Mm. oh you had a a chipped read or something like that Mm. and it was giving all kinds of weird you know, diagnosis or whatever, or like a crazy condenser that only occasionally was misfiring or something like that. And they feel bad for you, you know, to like look at you and go, Oh, well, you know, it took us five hours to figure out what the fuck was wrong. You owe us $90 an hour for those five hours. And then now we can start fixing your bike. Yeah. You know, it's so I understand such a hard thing to do. Yeah. And so I very much so understand when they're just like, listen, uh, we're not even going to try and fix your engine. We're just going to rebuild the whole fucking thing for 300 bucks. Yeah. And it just is what it is. And you're looking at it being like, well, who's to say I need my whole engine rebuilt, but it's faster. You're not also understanding the other side of it. Like it's, yeah, it's much faster to do it that way than to try and fuck with whatever shit that may or may not be working. You know, I've, I've fixed a lot of other people's mopeds. Like that was like my side hustle for a while. I was like, cool. I'm going to be like a moped mechanic, you know, quote unquote, like, Oh, your bike's broken. Like, cool. Like hit me up. I'll fix it or I'll work on it. And that was the thing. It's like, you charge 60 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour, whatever you're charging. But it's like, I was always just like, Hey, 
it's going to be 60 bucks up front, no matter what, like, and that's going to just pay for like my diagnosing. Like if I can fix yeah. it, if it's something simple and I can fix it in that first hour of like diagnosing, then cool. There's nothing else to do with it. And if it's more than that, like I'll hit you back up later and let you know what I think it needs. And just reasonable. There's, there's gotta be a cutoff. Like there's, there should be a cutoff of like how long you mess with, with a bike before you're like, okay, I'm rebuilding it. This is what it's going to take to rebuild it because if it takes you an hour to rebuild a motor, but it took you five hours just to like dick around and try to find what was wrong with it. Like you might've been better off just rebuilding it in an hour and save yourself, you know, four hours of your time. Time's important. 100%. Like, the money I get from my moped isn't, isn't that important to me. Cause I'm literally any money I make on the moped is just going to stay in my hobby and go right back into some other bike. So I'd rather have well, so then- time back. So time and money importance is something that is kind of intriguing to me about mopeds because a lot of it, you know, a lot of mopeds is like, do it yourself. You know, I'm going to fucking custom fabricate this thing, or I'm going to fucking take a Dremel and like make this little piece of shit works or whatever. And so like, um, something that I always look at in terms of like time management for, you know, employees or whatever is like, I'm not going to ask you to do a task that takes amount of time when like just replacing it is like replacing the thing is cheaper, you know? So like, uh, like in construction, I used to be a, um, like a, like a foreman and a project manager for like an industrial painting company and shit. Mm -hmm. And, but they would paint like whole skyscrapers and you know whatever else but yeah. so you'd like you know be doing all these different colors and stuff and like it's possible for you to wash out a paint roller and to reuse it but for the amount of time that it takes you to wash that thing out it would have been much better to just look at the guy and go get a brand new one because i'm not going to pay you 15 you know 20 dollars an hour or whatever yeah. and have you take a half hour to do this task when I can just buy a brand new one for $3 and yeah. And and keep the show on the road, you know? So essentially with mopeds, there's a lot of that of like, could I take this Dremel and, you know, for 45 minutes, grind this thing away to make a part that costs $3. I mean, you know, I guess I could, but then there's like the other side of it's like, you know, what do you value your time at? And if you're, you know, I guess that's kind of beautiful thing about the economy is that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you can have a forte in one thing that enables you to be able to buy things for something that you're not as good at, mm-hmm. you know? And so like with mopeds and whatever else, like I do very much. So get the whole, like I made this myself because you, you, you know, you honestly do feel proud about the stuff that you do make yourself. And you're like, haha, I'd like, I did. You know, I, mm-hmm. I cheated the code. I actually like did it, you know, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, on the other side of things, you're like, yo, this brand new part costs fucking $6. Just go support treats at your local moped store and just go fucking buy a new brake cable instead of trying to grind one down with a fucking hand file to make the NARP fit perfectly on whatever application you're using, you know? Yeah. The torture. Which is also yeah. speaking of parts that I wish I had or things I wish I had that I don't have in the garage, like a little jig to make uh soldered narpins. Ooh. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a super clutch a one. Pot. Yeah, because because buying yeah. buying a bunch of NARPs is fine, but like they're it's always a pain in the ass. Like they're either like you know you didn't tighten it enough, or like now you need to adjust it a little bit more. Like buying that. So this is a topic you should have gotten into with Alex last week. He's a NARP expert, isn't he? <laughs> I hope so, dude. Fucking an harp. <laughs> dude. But yeah, like- no, no, I 100% agree with you. That actually that actually would be a super phenomenal uh, tutorial. Uh, Maze, we're looking at you for your uh, super awesome moped knowledge slash videos. If you could make a tutorial on how to make a custom soldered NARP, mm. that would be uh, super awesome. I need and a great Christmas it, present for yeah, everyone in the community. Bust it out, dude. You got you got you got a couple of weeks left. Get it done before December. You're on task. Right? Yeah. Stuff. I think I just use like Brian used good narps and then I like like throttle cables, I double narp, which I don't know if a double narps is good as a double knot, but it's better than a double dip. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, dude. But yeah, like you like you were saying about being like proud moments of like mopeding, like that sense of accomplishment you get out of anything in mopeds is like I feel like that's like half the reason I do the thing. Like there's some tasks that I'm like, okay, I don't I don't want to waste my time doing this because that's like a waste of my time. But there's other things where you're just I don't consider it a waste of time because I consider like the time I spend wrenching or working on a bike is also kind of therapeutic. Like I'm doing this thing. I'm like progressing down a path. And when I'm done, there's this, there's these endorphins that I get. Cause I completed the task and the thing works. And, and I'm 100%. not like, I'm not like stressing about other things. So I'm focused on this project. So I do have like, I, that, the, the, yin feeling, and the, the yeah. yin and the yang of it, you know, the feeling that you get from being, an automator and actually bringing something back to life or to life for the first time is honestly incredible. Like I know that you're straight edge or whatever, but mm-hmm. I've done a lot of drugs in my life and drank a lot of different kinds of alcohol. And there is no feeling in the world, like starting that engine for the first time and it actually fucking turning over and firing and you being like, Holy shit. I just took a bunch of random bits of metal and stuck them together and now I actually have like created power. Yeah. You know, and can now go ride this little piece of shit bicycle around in a parking lot and have fun at 20 miles an hour. Like riding a moped that you just fix is like the best feeling. Like you, you're riding down the street and yeah. like the whole time you're just like, I made this thing work. Like this didn't work and I fixed yeah. it and I made it work or like, or, or it was working or I had someone else fix it, but I keep it running. I keep it on the road. I keep it maintained. Like that's a good feeling. Cause like nothing else in your life really, there's not a lot of other things in my life that need that much maintenance to like keep going, you know, the car cool. You can't no. get the oil change. Like, you know, you, you put some gas in it. Like the, the moped like needs like, it needs your attention to keep it going. Well, especially too, when you do like some side of the road, like fly by the seat of your pants fix or whatever. And like, you actually fucking make it work or whatever. Like you, you feel like you're in a cartoon or something and you just got thrown out of like, you know, the cab of the truck or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like holding onto the door as the car's still coming down the road. And then you somehow like magically swing back into the car and grab the steering wheel and can, 
continue the car chase. You're like, ah, fuck, that actually worked. I'm still here. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but Thomas, like a couple, like two or three weeks ago, maybe even longer, like the rebels went on like a little ride and he was out there in the cut with like Justin, some of the other guys. And like his, he was on his Vespa and like, he couldn't get it started. Like the clutch or something happened and he couldn't like get started. He didn't have his tools with them. And he literally sits down on his mm. bike beside the road with some fucking sticks, some like MacGyver magic shit with some sticks and like, you know, wedges some things together and wedges some th- this and that. And like, you know, gets the clutching, starts the bike with some fucking twigs. And the other guys are just standing there with their jaws, like hanging down. Like, what the fuck did you just do? He's like, Oh, you never like, you know, use some sticks before, like, you know, brushes it off and they ride yeah. home. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's crazy. Like mopeds and just like making shit work is hilarious to me. I have the exact opposite of that story with Vespas. <laughs> so when you talk, when I asked you the moment when I was like, what's the hardest you've ever fucked up and just like known it in mopeds? Like, damn, I fucked up. So where do the wise, anybody listening to this, Tighten uh, your nuts. <laughs> don't ever drill start a Vespa. Yeah. Don't drill start Vespas. It's a mistake. And uh, I learned that the very hard way. So I was riding and uh, you know, I used to live up North um, in like near Petoskey, like out in the country. And mm-hmm. when I say country, um, I was like 25 miles outside, like the nearest city. And so, well, so I guess to preface like where I've lived, I've, I'm very fortunate in that I've lived in a bunch of weird uh, extreme of environments. So like I grew up, I was born in Detroit. I grew up in a very like affluent um, area on the East side of Detroit, like right on like St. Clair and whatever else Mm -hmm. where like um, a lot of people are fucking dickheads that live there, honestly. But it's like, it's like the kind of environment where someone would be like, Oh, I bought a Ferrari and someone will be like, Oh, what model? And they'll be like, (laughs) you know, this, and it'll be like, Oh, I have a lower serial number than you. Yeah. yeah. And then just like walk away and you being like, so you're going to take all the wind out of my sails after I just told you I bought a fucking Ferrari and then maybe like, yeah, you're actually poor. I have a better one. Yeah. And so like my family wasn't not balling out of control like that, but like people in the community were, you know, but then like, I've also lived in the country where like, you know, I've won a rodeo before I know how to saddle a horse. Yeah, And then I've also lived in like, the heart of the ghetto of the West side of Detroit in arguably one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in America, you know, where like, um, you know, like you're African American, you ever been in a, a situation where like, um, some white dudes like super made you feel unwelcome. Like the fuck you doing around here, boy, you know, like, I lived in a, a neighborhood on the West side where it was like the exact opposite of that, of like <laughs> the fuck you doing around here, boy, Whitey, you know, <laughs> boy. and every single person in the store had guns. Yeah, boy. Yeah. You're still boy. <laughs> and, in this, uh, you're still boy in that situation. <laughs> maybe I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And like, you know, it's like weird being in a situation where like having a gun doesn't mean anything. Cause like, every other person also has a gun, you know? Yeah. And you're like, Oh, well I still feel helpless even with a fucking 45 in my pants. Yeah. I was uh, at, the, I was at the, the corner. Favorite. I was at the gas station the other day. And like the kid behind me in line had a fucking extendo clip, like hanging out of his Glock, like <laughs> had like a 30 round clip, like, yeah, hang, like hanging out of his sweatpants. I'm like, not even, not even yeah, in a holster, you know, not even a holster, like <laughs> just a Glock and some sweatpants yeah. with a 30 clip hanging. 
you'd be like, bro, like, like, what? Do, first of all, what do you need that for? And then, like, you know, I don't know. Like, do you guys have open carry laws in Virginia? Yeah, you can open carry in Virginia. So that, like, that's one of the things that I like still to this day don't understand about people being like, I should conceal carry my weapon. Where I'm like, yo, there was a reason that nobody tried any of that shit back in old west times because everybody's like, you see this pistol, this giant chrome thing hanging off my hip. <laughs> Don't try and rob this store. And people are like, yeah, yeah, you do have a big ass gun. Okay, well, yeah, I'm going to go to the other store and rob it. Uh, maybe not this one. I'm going to try one down the street, maybe. Yeah. You know, so as much as people like hide weapons and whatever else, like in Michigan, you can open carry. So, like, in my mind, like, you know, if you really feel threatened and want to carry a weapon around with you, like, let other people know you have a weapon and like odds are when you have like a giant gun on the side of your hip, like somebody else isn't going to walk up and try and rob you yeah. for having it under a sweatshirt. You know, I don't know. Um, Let's assume everyone's carrying you. So <laughs> you don't so have to worry about it. Back to what I was saying with, we got way, we got way the fuck off track. Back to what <laughs> I was saying about biggest fuck up. So I'm up North, I'm in the country fucking, I'm riding my dirt pad and, uh, did the classic mistake of not fucking checking my grounds and you know, whatever else one of the grounds, my engine comes loose. And so like I lose power and I'm like, what the fuck? And I didn't realize it, but like the ground wire itself was like touching the cylinder head. Mm -hmm. So like, depending on how much I was vibrating going down dirt roads, it was like connecting and unconnecting, like grounding itself out kind of thing. Yeah. And so I'm riding and then eventually fucking the bike dies and I'm like, fuck. And I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a fucking pull start for, for that, for whatever reason at that point in time. And so I'm like, well, I got a drill in my backpack. No big deal. I go to drill start this thing and I'm like spinning it and I like give it a little juice. So the throttle next thing, you know, the whole fucking variator just explodes everywhere and like weight shoot like out past my face or whatever. And I'm in like four feet of grass <laughs> and I'm like six and a half miles from my house yeah. or something like that. And just the whole fucking variator explodes and I'm sitting there and I'm like, that didn't just fucking happen. Yeah. No, no. And I like close my eyes and open them back <laughs> up again. And I'm like, yep. Well, fuck my life, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, so sunken, just being like, well, maybe I have more varied weights on. Yeah, right. Like, who the fuck just carries more varied of the exact weight that you need? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so yeah, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, well, fuck. Like, I guess I'll call my parents. And then I'm like, nope, can't do that. They were like out to dinner, like with their friends or some shit like that. Uh, and they were like, you know, an hour and a half away or yeah. something like that. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, cool. I'm six and a half miles from my house. Uh, it's getting dark. And I now just have to walk down country roads home where like, obviously there's no street lights or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you like walk onto anybody's property, they're going to like greet you with a gun being like the fuck you on my property for, you know uh, what I mean? So I can't even boy. just be like, Oh, I'll just like, take, I'll just take the shortcut across the field real quick back home. They'll be like, no, 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 no. You're going to get shot at all the way across the field back home, you yeah. know? So yeah, that, I think that was the, the, the hardest I ever was like, man, I fucked up was, yeah, trying to drill start a Vespa, you know, six I wonder, miles from I wonder my house. How the, I wonder how the variable weights fell out, dude. Like, 
Like I get like, I've seen like, you know, a notch variator where like someone notched it too far and now it opens up too much. And then no, 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 the nut, out, the nut came. It's, up. it's, it's, it's from the counter spinning of the nuts. So you're going mm. and you're, you're spinning There's, it right. Right. You can't, you, you and can't then spin as, on the magneto side. Hold, so no, 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 yeah. The beer's on the magneto side. So the, on Vespa's it's the right turning engine. Mm. So you're spinning it right or whatever. But then if you don't disconnect like the nut from or like the, the, the socket from the nut quick enough. Yeah. The kick, it back. actually starts to unspin itself and it like kicks back. And the next thing you know, the whole thing like spins apart and whatever else and explodes everywhere. I get and you. As you know, from uh, experience, variator weights are really, really hard to find once they explode out of your variator. Oh yeah. They're gone. Yeah. I've, I've done the opposite so, where where yeah. I've drill started and had it kick back and I've taken the the nut off the flywheel side and then you're like well oh yeah I don't have a piston stop and how am I going to put this nut back on tight enough? Mm-hmm. Well, on Hobbit's the you your variator and your ignition are on opposite sides, right? Yeah, but if I drill start, I wouldn't be drill starting from the variator. I'd be drill starting from the magneto. Yeah, so on a Vespa, you only have one option for that. Yeah. It's on the same side. You can't, there is no other side of the crankshaft. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, on and a Hobbit, like, about like you're not going to fuck the variator up, but you could, like, you know, bring the nut off, and then you got to, like, how are you going to get your magneto to stay on? Yeah. Hobbits are one of those bikes where I still haven't ever played with one, but I'd really, like, I have a buddy with one that it's broken, and I really want to get it from him to fix just because. I really would love to see what Honda did to Vespa's tech to like make it better. You know what I mean? Cause that's like their whole thing. Like as a company of like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. We're going to make this better now. Watch. <laughs> like the motor is really basic. It's simple. Like, you know, one crank, no, no transmission, no gears, yep. no shit inside of it. Like, so the motor, the yep. motor itself is really simplistic. But your guys's drivetrain, like if, with a Hobbit, if if you're not giving it any gas, does your belt spin? Uh, yes. No. Yeah, just normally no, no. under the, idling your belt. The, the belt doesn't because the clutch is separate from the bell. So then that's how a Vespa would differ. So even if you're not giving it any gas, your belt's still spinning, even if you're idling. Okay. And because the, the clutch, clutch engages off the, the rear, clutch in the rear, like a Moby. Yeah, that's what Moby clutches are like. Like, or when you have a clutch bell, like it spins on its own. But then, so that's like another thing of the like the Vespa rabbit hole of the more intense you make your Vespa and the more you break things. Once you start getting into like the super high RPM engines, um. Even though like Melosi makes race gears, like the twelve to one and thirteen to one like Vespa race gears, like those things will fucking shatter. Um, I know Joe and Mopet like already shattered some stock Vespa gears with his like overrange transmission and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just because like it uses scooter clutch technology, which grabs like so much harder than any other clutch like that I've come across. Like it's insane mm-hmm. and you know obviously those gears in the rear hub like weren't designed to be able to hold up to that kind of stuff yeah and so um you know like that's another part of the rabbit hole 
of like, oh, I built this fucking ripper bike. And then you're like, well, yeah, now you have to convert it to chain drive and buy that stupid GP racing parts, you know, fucking intense subframe because now you're literally shattering the Melosi hardened gears that everyone's like, oh, these are the hardened racing gears. And they're like, yeah, well, they're not hard enough because <laughs> you're cranking out a you know it's 16 plus horsepower which yeah. and then so there there's a dude in italy making like an even more intense version of the simonini cylinder right now that um will probably i don't know it'll probably come out next year sometime but like he, he's modeling after a kart racing like a rotex kart racing cylinder which mm. i would imagine that it'll probably put you know similar horsepower to like what the stage stage six hobbit like cylinder can do yeah. which um, I know that that like that one dude from Ohio, uh, Craig Scott or whatever, who yeah. was on here. Like I know he went and raced those dudes like down there, um, Florida, and whatnot with his Stage Six Hobbit. But yeah, I, that's also one of those things of like uh, I'm glad that that worked out that way because um, I'm glad that you know Tyrone and those dudes like opened it up that they're willing to race more than just, you know, Pooks and Tomos and whatnot. But mm -hmm. I also still am very curious as to, um, you know, when somebody really gets a bike like, you know, like Jake Kane's bike or uh, the three knees down dude and his motivacon mm -hmm. and, like you know, some of the other in. bikes out there. Yeah. Or, or, um, Joe with his fucking, you know, Hobbit, one of those bikes that like everyone knows is very dialed in. And even the people, you know, even the top like quarter percent of mopeders that are really trying to, you know, put in all the eeks to make the most powerful thing are still like, yo, this bike's the truth. Yeah. Uh, I would really like to see what one of them would do versus them. Cause I'm not saying his bikes aren't fast. They're definitely fast, yeah. but you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the same argument as like i wish during the olympics that they just had like one normal athlete so you could like <laughs> gauge like this is a normal human being and this is what's actually going down right now in yeah. this race like this you is like I mean? a high school state champ versus like a professional olympian runner <laughs> yeah yeah and just to see like the distance in, in whatever else because i mean like you know it's it's kind of a shame that there's not like uh, more of an organized like racing circuit or like like you've been talking about a bunch of times like an actual drag race like yeah, rally. It's know? so hard because because the thing with mopeds is mopeds are so small that like our community is so spread out and it's like it's hard to like go to more than yeah. you know a handful of things a summer and like how much time do you have to like travel and go do this thing for like mopeds when you also like you know have a family or like you know some other shit going on you got like and you only have so much time you can spend like like all my friends that have the like, crazy stories of like yeah we hit like 20 rallies this summer you know there was like there were like 20 with like you know on some summer break with nothing to fucking do like squatting in a house with five other people like you know like they had all yeah. this free time in the world. The older we get, the harder we got to, you know, the less time we have to do these things. So it's tricky. That's, that's I, very true. I think I did find this one device. Someone posted it like a while back. I got to refine it, but it's like, it's like a GPS tag 
that you put on your bike or motorcycle or car or whatever, and that tracks the quarter mile, the eighth mile, all this shit. It's literally a device made for drag racing that like clocks all the times and stuff. So I think it'd be fun to like I know exactly. just buy I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it'd be cool if we bought bought one and started like a moped thread or something on moped army and like cool we're gonna here's the game we're gonna we're gonna buy one of these and someone's gonna start it off and then you put your name on the list and whoever has it has to has like two weeks to like get a couple runs in post your numbers and then mail it to the next guy that way at least like cool like we just bought one for the for the community and we're just tossing this thing down the line like all right jake kane let me let me you got two weeks dude let's put up put up those numbers see what you got and then send it to the next dude yeah so the the thing you're talking about and the post you're talking about i want to say was uh christian uh mr lunamoto or whatever and i want to say he's in like the land squids Mm mm-hmm uh but he's the one that like posted that little drag racer thing i actually looked into it those things are like uh like 160 170 bucks or whatever but they're like gps tracked to be like official as fuck and they give out you know the like zero to 60 60 to you know whatever Mm -hmm. first hundred feet first thousand meters first you know there's a bunch of different parameters like you can set them to but uh that's you know, that's definitely one of the things that's on my Christmas list that in a, uh, or my moped Christmas list <laughs> that in a, um, a dental drill. So I can do like the 90 degree, like yeah. uh porting or mm-hmm. whatever, which I wish treats would sell those. Like the, I mean, that that's like the answer is you have to get like a dental drill that does like the 90 degree, like Dremel shit. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they're like the, you can buy them like readily easily, but it seems like if you were to do the whole, like, you know, buy 10 or 20 of them, you know, you get like a volume discount sort of thing. So it makes it a little bit more, you know, yeah. advantageous. Um, but then, you know, that's like another thing of like, when the fuck am I going to use a, dri- a Dennis Dremel that goes yeah. on a 90 degree angle other than being like the occasional time I'm porting a cylinder or something like that like unless you're like really doing a lot of that that's just another like oh i spent a hundred dollars on this and i used it once for that, like 15 seconds that's definitely mopeds. five years from now i'll use it again <laughs> like that's definitely mopeds when, yeah. when you get deep enough in the hole that you're like actually buying tools and like have a space to store all this stuff i have a, I have a ton of tools and stuff in the garage that i've probably used once or twice you know, you buy it, you use it once yeah. or twice, and like it goes back in the box and sits underneath your toolbox until like the next time you need this crazy specialty tool. Like I bought, you know, when Treats was like, "Oh, we're gonna sell like the whole set of pulleys or pullers." It's like, yo, having that is honestly really nice. Having it's clutch, but like, there's definitely pullers in that set that like, unless you own one or two bikes, you'll never use them. Like. And I like I had no. bought all the ones I needed. So like when I when we got the set, I was like, listen, you're buying this set. I'll give you money so I can get this one puller that I need to complete what I need. Like and then like I haven't bought any more in like five years. You know, I got the I got the four or five pulleys I pullers I needed. And I don't know, there's just tools that you need to buy. Like you can't ask your homie 100%. to borrow a piston stop. You can't ask your homie like don't ask me about piston stop. You should have a piston stop in your yo, garage. Like, <laughs> yo, you spoke about piston stops a bunch of times on here, and honestly, it's a super useful tool. I've got like I don't know, probably five of them, just because they cost like two dollars on Amazon. Yeah, but 
if you, I don't know about you, but I tried to go to an actual automotive store and buy a piston stop. I probably went to eight different stores. Every single store knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> and didn't care. None of them had it in stock. They were like, oh yeah, we can order for you, that for you. And I'm like, cool, man. I know what the internet is. Also, I also can order it. Like I was hoping that you had it here so I could actually use it today instead of like Amazon prime it two days from now or whatever. Yeah. Again. And it's, like two fucking dollars is cheap as shit. Yeah. Like out of all the weird specialty tools like that you need for mopeds, definitely buy a piston stop. Super easy, super cheap. Buy two of them. Buy three of them. Buy one for your friend that you know is going to borrow yours just because yeah. it's that cheap of a tool. Yeah. Um. I really like. I just bought one. Uh, here's the speaking speaking of fucking moped tools. Like I bought this tool haven't even used it yet and i and i'm like and i bought it because i was like damn like that's a nice tool i really wish i had one of these and it's the um it's a brake cable tool you put the narp in one side you squeeze it and it you know it pushes the brake lever in and it pushes the narp you know one way and it pulls the cable the other way and then you tighten your narp and you you know you're not putting fucking wire clippers or fucking you know channel locks and vice grips and shit on your cable and fraying it all up it's the most convenient shit but i haven't had to use it yet oh well i guess that gives you a good reason to tighten your brakes for no reason (laughs) but yeah that's that tool is honestly a super nice one but i agree with you it's like a weird thing of like Unless I'm adjusting the brakes on a relatively new build where the cable's still like taunt enough that like the adjusters don't really want to do the right thing type mm-hmm. of thing, you're like, when else am I going to use this one ultra specific thing? Because again, yeah. it's for like a bicycle. It's not like for like a real motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like watching Maze's videos yeah. and watching him use like a deburring tool, I'm like, damn, that's super convenient for mopeds. I don't own one. I still didn't buy one. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, I can get away with some sandpaper or to, anything else. But, but like, it's a cool tool. Like, there's some tools that are just really nice to have. What What do you think would be your like top like three or top five moped tools that you would highly recommend to anybody? And I wouldn't say we'll go twofold. We'll say maybe top top three tools to have on you if you were to like be out in the streets, and then maybe top five tools overall for like just playing mopeds. If you're just in, like, the you st- need to have these, and if you don't, you're fucking up. If you're just in the streets and some like a real world experience kind of thing you need or something like um, something to remove your spark plug so you can put a new one in if you foul plug, like. 100%. That's that's the number one for out in the world. Like a screwdriver that can preferably be a flathead or a Phillips head. You know, that's super convenient for if you're just out in the world, some shit went wrong, you know, and a small socket set or, or, and I'd also say like a multi tool that can like be the screwdriver or the, or, or some vice grips or something, you know, needle nose or something. Like that's like the out in the world, like, cool this can get you by when you need like fix your shit on the side of the road like you know 100% agree those are those are basic the basic things you know 10 mil you know like the little a 10 mil wrench get you a long way on a moped like <laughs> I, I keep a 10 mil in my cut just because for that reason yeah like and they make like small versions of these tools too like my homie used to just have like the short 
chubby tools it's like cool this is a little tiny 10 mil that like you know it's half the size of a normal one so you just they make them smaller if you can so you can carry some shit but i know like as far as my they hobbit I, I i leave the spark plug tool on my bike like i just have an extra ratchet and a sock socket and a spark plug like oh yeah that stays there that's Definitely. like number one you know side of the road zip ties or safety wire or some shit that can like get you home like in like desperate times like ooh, I always use the wire for uh, like hanging picture frames or whatever. That mm-hmm. kind of shit's super crucial in case like you have any kind of exhaust pipe failure because like a zip tie is not working on an exhaust pipe. Yeah. You need like metal, metal wire, safety wire. Hold your shit up, twist it a couple times. Yeah. It'll get you home. Uh, bungee, like random bungees, have come in handy a couple times. Like I remember Thomas had like a, a pipe. Like his rear pipe mount broke and we didn't have safety wire, but we had a bungee cord. So you like hooked it around this pipe, fucking got him, got us where we needed to go, fixed it. Um, I've said this one a bunch of times. Like, if you have an extra like bolt on your moped, like, oh, there's an extra spot that oh, I could put a ten, that could put a ten mil nut or you know a nut on. Like, just do it. Put the nut on it because you Yo, never you never you know. Are- you are preaching to the choir with that. So in Nashville, I lost both my exhaust stud nuts. Uh, and I literally started looking around, you know, like, oh, fuck, like, where can I possibly get any kind of like nut, you know, to like yeah. actually put on there or whatever. And then shout out to uh, Trevor McGrath. He had like an extra nut on his bike from his like license plate or something like that. And I like managed to put it on there, but didn't have like any Loctite or anything. So it just fucking vibrated off also. But yeah. that was like one of those moments where, you know, I'm, I'm like from the show where you're like, yeah, you always want to have some like extra shit on you just in case. Like, yes, a hundred percent. And also shout out to, uh, Ryan go from, uh, Mr. Crank pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have any exhaust stud, uh, nuts holding my pipe on. I just had the rear mount. And it managed to still get me through the entire second half of the Nashville ride (laughs) with my exhaust pipe barely attached other than by one nut. And I didn't seize my cylinder either. It still managed to work somehow through all of that. So shout out to crank pipes for making a great quality product. Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) Dude. um, Pro tip underneath your, your lever, your brake lever most of the time the bottom side of the brake lever has a 10 mil so that's like mm, that's been like a go a go-to nut to steal from time to time because like you can take that bottom nut off but the bolt's still through it so the brake lever the brake lever is still going to work it's not going to just like fall apart so that's, a, that's, for, a, that's for like a maxi the uh the rear chain tensioner like uh things or whatever are normally like pretty long mm-hmm. and i normally always try and twist like two or three nuts onto there just in case and then that's always like a spot where you're like well this is an extra long bolt that you know yeah doesn't really hear but it's here anyway so might as well stick some nuts on it yeah it'd be funny just like weld like some yeah that, that, that some kind of bolts. stuff is it's super cruising be funny just weld some bolts and like some hidden spots so it's not like an eyesore it's kind of like out of the way but you know where you got like two or three like you got a 10 mil bolt 11 this and that just welded on your frame so you can like put extra nuts on there that'd be cool like under the Yo, seat you want to talk about you want to talk about a great 
fucking 3D print idea for somebody that's good at 360 Fusion or, you know, one of those other programs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Build a, a, a toolbox that fits in the void underneath a Tomos Targa top tanks, like tank, like that in between the tank itself and how they support it there's like a void like that can pack up in there yeah just make a little 3d printed toolbox that can slap up in there and that can fit like a spark plug and some wrenches and whatever else so it doesn't actually like affect the look of your bike yeah and then maybe also make it an air box too <laughs> that's for, that's for somebody with some skills and then just sell them for like a hundred dollars a piece or something like that people will buy them yeah team team skills I don't got those skills, so it won't be yeah. me. <laughs> I know. I did like so that's one of the things that like kind of kills me about like getting into like custom making mopeds and shit. It's like you know, obviously like you know, the more intricate even where you're like, oh, I want to add this like little bit of thing here or this little spacer here or whatever. And like you know, I know you've talked about it a bunch of times of like wishing you had like a lathe to make like perfect wheel spacers and yeah. like whatever else, like I, I wish that I was like at that level where I had just accumulated all these like random crazy uh, fabrication things like, oh, I just have like a 3D printer. So let me just like, you know, make this little custom spacer thing. And then, in, you know, if in theory it fits, then I'll just like actually go into fabricating one out of metal or whatever. Yeah. Like, I wish I had a 3D printer so bad and like actually had the time slash energy to like know how to do that. So I could just be like, Oh yeah, I'll just make 3d air boxes for everybody. And just, you know, here you can have the design print file and whatever else. Yeah. Cause like You'd be that shit guy. is really nice and it works really well. But at the same point in time, like I very much so understand like the people that make them being like, yo, it took me like some fucking time and energy to design this thing. There's a reason that I'm selling it and not just giving you the, you know, the design file for free. Yeah, definitely. Which and, and good for them, you know. They got to make their little dollar here to pay for their moped parts. Yeah, gotta gotta keep your mopeds uh, tight because it can get slippery slope. You can bust spend all your money on all the mopeds. So you gotta make you gotta make it back somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and well, yeah, and then again, that's that's like comes full circle back to what we were saying, like in the beginning of like there is something to be said about you just being like. I have a moped. It's relatively stock. It goes 30 miles an hour. I'm super okay with it. And it works every single time I turn it on. You know, there's definitely something to be said for that. But on the other hand, your ass is going to get left behind at a rally. So you, you, know, you also have to think about that too. Yeah. How much time you want to spend that failure trailer? <laughs> get yeah. dropped. I, I luckily have not had to deal with that yet, but I, so haven't been on the road enough to, uh, I guess, really, you know, have rolled my dice enough for that. I've had enough failure trailer moments of my own of me just walking home, I guess, that I would have gladly been like, yeah, if somebody wants to come pick me up in like a half hour and just carry me home, great. <laughs> Good old Instead walk of machine. being like, yeah, you better walk your ass home. You ran out of gas like an idiot, <laughs> you know? Which, like, yo, that's the part of, like, living in the country that sucks ass. Anytime you make a mistake, it's like, yeah, you fucked up. And then you have a long time to walk home to think about how you fucked up. Like, oh, you ran out of gas? Well, there's no gas station around here. So walk yeah. your ass home. 
Accessory, accessory gas tanks on mopeds. That's another pro pro move. Yeah. Yo, a hundred percent. I was going to say all of my bikes have like, well, not all of them, but like the majority of them have those, uh, MSR, like fuel bottle holsters or mm-hmm. whatever for extra gas. Yeah. Uh, I cannot preach those things enough, man. Even if it, even if you just get like enough gas for your bike to work for like another five miles, mm. not like you have to get like a whole tank, like you got to get all the same back distance, but even just like another five miles is often enough for you to be like, get to a gas station <sighs> or five less miles. I can get walking. to somewhere where it's not a huge problem. Yeah. Or <laughs> whether it's a gas station or even just like getting to somewhere where like another person can pick you up instead of being like, Oh, I'm down some random dirt trail. Like fucking cars can't even really go down. Yeah. And I also ran out of gas. You're like, all right, we'll have fun pushing your fucking bike out of the jungle. (laughs) Yeah. And my phone's dying and it's getting dark and I hear a pack of coyotes, you know, like what happened? Oh, he took a nap in the woods last night because of his moped, you know, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which yo, if, uh, have you ever like, gotten into a situation where you're riding your moped by yourself and you like see something and you're like, man, maybe I should like go do this sketchy thing. But then like in the back of your mind, you're also like, I'm riding a moped. This is highly unreliable. And if I go down this road, I I don't know if I'm going to be coming back down this road uh, Mm -hmm. with my bike still working type of thing. Like how maybe I should have done this with a friend. Or how do you explain how to get to that point from someone to someone else? (laughs) Yo, have you ever, well, I guess, I don't know. You probably haven't had this because you don't live somewhere where it's extremely cold, but I'll tell you a quick story about last winter. Um, I was going to visit this kid or whatever. And, um, it was like a friend of a friend and he was into like mountain biking. I was going to check out one of his mountain bikes. And so, you know, and I like, I didn't, when I lived up North in in the wintertime, like I didn't fucking know anybody that lived up North. I didn't have any friends up there. And, uh, so I like go to this kid's house and I like check out his mountain bike chat. I'm like, cool, man. Like I'm headed home or whatever. And I was like really unfamiliar with the roads and all that area. And so like Google maps took me on a, um, like a seasonal road, mm-hmm. which like they don't plow seasonal roads, you know? And I'm like in a, you know, a four wheel drive Explorer with like a V8 and shit. And I'm like, my car can go through some fucking snow, whatever. Yo my shit got stuck like a mile and a half down a like a single track fucking road in the middle of the winter it was four degrees outside Mm. and i'm like fuck i don't have a shovel i'm like literally going to die you know what i mean like it's four degrees outside like you can't just be like oh i'll just like walk to the nearest house. Like the nearest house is like a mile and a half away. You know what I mean? And I'm stuck in the middle of the woods on a road. That's not even a road. And my car can't go backwards. It can't go forwards. And there is no like, Oh, I'm just going to turn around. I'm like literally stuck on a one lane road. Mm, But yeah, anyway, so I got stuck down this fucking one lane road and I thought I was literally going to fucking die or whatever. And then luckily the dude I was visiting, I had just call up like all helpless, like, I made a terrible mistake. Uh, and he was just like, yeah, I've got, you know, a fucking giant diesel pickup truck. Like I'll come save you. Oh, the baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, hi. Yeah. I got the boy, dude. 
Well, shit, dude. Let me get off the phone call with you. If you've got to do like dad duties and all that, like we've already been bullshitting for like fucking two and a half hours or something at this point in time. Yeah, I just, I just got, I just got slapped with baby duty. <laughs> no, that's fine. That, by all means, that's that's way more important than any of the bullshit that I'm talking right now. And I'm sorry, I'm swearing in front of your kid, but he can't understand me. Anyway I got right headphones now. on, dude. He can't even hear you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if we really even got into all the things tonight. But I guess one thing I do want to talk about, one real quick thing before we leave. Of course. Uh, why is there not like a moped car show every year? Like where everybody brings out like their nice fancy bikes that they're all proud of and all that. Like, does that ever happen at like the national rally or anything like that? Or is it just like, it's never been, you enough. just got to be at the right back. No, there's never been like an official thing for it. I've definitely known like Matt, Maddie from the graveyard shifters and some other guys have like taken their mopeds to actual like motorcycle shows and they'll just like yeah, bring, sure. bring out their mopeds and line them up. Sometimes they'll do it, do it in an official way. Like they'll sign up for the bike show and everything and they'll bring their bikes out and they, their boys line them up and that's cool. Like there's never been like a rally where there's just going to be a bike show. I've definitely gone to rallies where a show as part of it. They're like, Hey, we're going to have like a bike show at this, at the meetup spot for the Friday night. And like, they'll put numbers like, you know, if you want to sign up, they'll put, you know, bikes out and line them up, put numbers on them and everything, have people vote. And like, you yeah. know, that's cool. I know we've gone to some, like I went to the, like a motorcycle, like a local motorcycle show recently. And it had like, you know, some vendors out there and they had a bunch of classic bikes. And while we were walking around checking out the bikes, some dude had brought out that, had brought out a couple of mopeds. It was like a pacer and like something else, like a mm. Sax G3. And we're like looking at them, like reading the tags, like, you know, the information they had on the side. And we're just like, dude, like whose bikes are these? So we're like, Does this person live here. Like, right. it's just some random dude that has these mopeds. We couldn't find the guy to talk to him about it, but we all rode mopeds there. And we're like, damn, like be fun to like sign up and get our bikes like in the show. But, Oh, for sure. And uh, so like, that's one of the, that's one of the things I've like seen with like, uh, like vintage Italian, uh, motorcycle slash car shows or whatever, you know, you get all these dudes with like Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all this or whatever. I think it would be hilarious to just roll up next to him and be like, yeah, I got 10 chows. <laughs> you think, you think that Lamborghini is impressive? I've got a chow of every color. You got a Lamborghini of every color. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm polishing yeah. them up. They're, they're a little, make them out there shiny. Plus, like, all my bikes are stayed dirty all oh, the time. Yeah. It'd be, like, the worst show bike ever. <laughs> I mean, that's that's whatever. I mean, like, realistic, let's be serious. Every moped you build or any bike you build, if you actually use it, it is going to get scratched and it is going to get wrecked. Yeah. My chopper, I think the paint on my chopper costs, like, 350 or 400 and that was, like with me actually painting the thing, it was still that much. Yeah. And then I had taken it out of the spray booth for like 10 minutes and I immediately fucking scratched the thing, <laughs> putting it together. And I'm just like, ah! you know, but like, I don't know that, that that's one of the beautiful things of life of like, you know, when you see something and it's truly beautiful, take a, a mental snapshot of that and truly remember it in that moment for what it is, because, you know, in a blink of an eye, it can, can all change, yeah, you know, definitely. and with a moped and it being pretty, it is definitely going to change unless you never ride that thing <laughs> or never do anything like 
You're going to ride it down the street, and that powder coat on your wheels is going to chip. Are they clean it? Like you're going to be disassembling, you know, the car. You're going to fucking scratch something. Like it's it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So get get your pictures while you still can, and it's still all crispy and fresh. And then just you know learn to appreciate things from you know ten feet. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, hell yeah, dude. Before we get off, dude, um. I wanted to send a fucking shout out, dude, to the fucking clubs, man. Um, hold on one second. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. Um, you getting the moped army results? Yeah, yeah. Voting is over. Uh, Centron got sixty two percent. Yes, and they got thirty three percent abstained. Um, which is pretty good, dude, for their first year applying. They had 116 Whoa, yes did you votes. Say, did you say they got 62% yes yeah, and 33% abstained? Yeah. So only 1% said no? That voted? Or is that how that works or no? No. they they, they There's no no. Like, you get, like, oh, they, okay, they, okay, yeah, they okay. don't count so, the no. Okay, no, Like, no. they don't, like, say it in statistics or, you know. There's the one six. They had 116 people vote yes or no for them. But they got 62%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then, I understood uh, the stat wrong, but I get yeah, it. Yeah. And then the Crypt Keepers, which I'm really bummed about. Like, I really think the Crypt Keepers deserve to fucking be a Moped Army. They've, like, been a club and doing this Moped thing for long enough. They've been holding it down in Goshen. Mm-hmm. They're active. Like, you know, one of the dudes in their shop, I mean, in their club has a little shop and like, puts out cool-looking bikes on a regular basis. They keep the scene alive in their town. And... Yeah, like people can't get over like the hump or whatever the beef was from like a couple years ago. I don't even know what it is. Like I don't even feel like looking back through the old shit to try to figure out what the beef is. I'm like the dudes are active. They're holding down their I set bet, yeah. and they're seeing like someone fucking give them the yes already. But they got 54 percent yes. They got 13 percent abstained. Like <laughs> wish they got more. And then the the other club that applied, Rising Buds, didn't really get any love. Their review thread kind of fell apart. Like. Like they weren't all riding mopeds and then like they all just like weren't chiming in at all. Like it just kind of started and then it fizzled out super quick, but they got a 29% yes, 24% abstain. So, so I have a question. I have a question for you seeing that you're moped army official and all that. And so like our club will probably never, ever be official because like my club does not, meet the requirements and also like we've got mcr like they're doing a great job in detroit and you know they're they're upholding the michigan scene great but so what what i guess i'm kind of getting at is like you know so in real life um you know if somebody were to be like hey man i'm really into mopeds um you know i've got a moped too i've done all of these things like I brought some beers with me. Like, is it right if we like hang out and talk about mopeds together? And if you were to look that person in the eye and go, no, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> like what's the likelihood that they're actually going to come back and ask you that again, which like, I feel like that is kind of like what happens with moped army where people are like, Hey man, like I'm really into mopeds. Can I be your moped friend? And then like year after year, they just get like, shit on by the people in moped army and it's like you know this is just me as an outside perspective Mm -hmm. like you know if i were to walk up to you and ask you to be my friend 
because we had common interests and whatever. And you were to be like, no, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. Wrong forum, fuckface. I'd be like, I think you have to. What view the it. fuck did you just say to me? I think I you have to view it another again, way. I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> I think you have to view. Like, I think you have to view it more like this. Say you're in the you're in your club, like, and you guys are all tight, right? And I met, yeah. I met one of you, like, far away in some other state or on the internet, and I was like, "Hey, man, you're cool. Can I be in your club?" I think everyone else in the club might have a say in that. In that, you know. When I've only met one of you, so I feel like that's where the abstain—that's where the abstain things come in. In the last couple of years, which has been a big help, which is like cool. If you don't have an opinion because you've never met this club and you can't form an opinion, whether you say yes or no, you can you can choose to abstain, and your vote is showing that you're an active voter, but your your vote doesn't doesn't weigh against the club applying. So that's okay. Like, so I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But how many people would you say, because you've been in Moped Army for a while now, right? Like years. Yeah. How many official Moped Army members do you think that you've ever actually talked to in person? Do you think you've met all of them? Of course. Or half not. of them? Or a third of them? Of course not. But I also came, got voted into a club that was already an existing MA club. Well, so, that, so that's true. And then again, I'm just playing devil's advocate with this. Of So if... Somebody, then you're from a big club, right? Yeah. But so say somebody becomes tight with KFC, there's what, like five people in KFC? So if the five people in KFC think they're tight, then that person's just automatically Moped Army official? That's how it works, dude, yeah. You know what I mean? Where five people thought they were cool and they didn't have to actually deal with any of that? You know? And they're, but or, then or even to stretch it out, they've probably never used Moped Army, the website? Well, yeah. Well, then, yeah. I also, yeah. I also would wonder how many people in Moped Army actually even use Moped Army, the website. I would love to know that stat, also. I mean, as far as the voting, like the voter, and, and the voter turnout have- this no. year was sixty nine percent. So I can't remember remember what our fucking stats were last year. I'm sure Simon will like send us an email or post it up. But out of the four hundred and eight quote unquote active members in Moped Army official clubs. We had 283 yeah. turnout to vote, which is 69%. And like, shout out to all the clubs that like, you know, pulled, like, you know, beat their war drum and had all their fucking members show up. Uh, Decepticons, 100%. Green Bastards, Mopit, QCB, Wizards, and the Zeros were the only clubs in Mopit Army this year to have 100% voter turnout. And good for them because they're actually, you know, they're showing that they they genuinely care about the future of, you know, the yeah. thing, right? And I'm super proud to see like Decepticons, you know, have a hundred percent turnout considering they were the first club in Open Army. Like, if any club should have a hundred percent turnout, it should oh. be them, you know. But like, you know, hundred percent. And I lived in Kalamazoo five years, and I didn't even know they existed. Yeah, and it's like it's other but things too. It's like it's. There's so many people that are like in active clubs where it's like how many people in the club are like, you can even think about it in your club, you know, like how many people in your club are like actively in the mopeds, like, you know, or like doing the thing all the time or like how many people whose lives have changed in the last year where like they might not be dedicating as much time to it. Like it's one of those things, like I feel like mopeds are like 
on a big sliding scale. Like sometimes they're like really important and I'm like super gun ho and into it. But even situations like now it's like, cool. Well, I have my responsibilities have shift a little bit and I'm not dedicating as much time or, you know, you're doing something else or you haven't been super active. I feel like those clubs when like those things happen, like even with my club, like we have a lot of people in my fucking club and our voter turnout this year, you know, after beating the drum, I was like, oh, we were under 50%. We beat the drum a little bit. Like, yo, guys, last minute, let's you know, let's get let's get you know some more people out there. And we ended up hitting 75%, which I was like, that's pretty good considering. It's not bad. Considering like how, how many pe- yeah, considering how many people we have, like I'm like 75 percent is pretty good, and it's like, but even with that, like looking at my club and being like, all right, cool, well, I know we probably need to have a conversation in the next couple of months about like what what like what are a couple of people doing? Like, yeah, it's not the biggest deal that you didn't vote for on Open Army. Like, it's not the end of the world, but like, are you are you active? Have you been writing? Like, are you still feeling the vibe, or do you think you need to like? take a step back and like go to honorary or like, you know, change your role like in the club. Exactly. Cause you don't need to be like, you don't have to like one final question to ask about moped army before we wrap this up. So my thing is, do you think in moped army, there will ever be a thing that's like mercenary status. So like somebody like myself, I could probably look at the majority of people in moped army. And, and if questioned in the threads, like what have you done in mopeds in the last two years? I could go, I've built fucking, you know, 10 plus bikes and done all of these things. I've been active. I've helped other people fix their bikes. I've gone to rallies, whatever. Mm. But then like my club would never, ever qualify for moped army. You guys would light them up in the fucking <laughs> review thread and they would never fucking make it. Well, there's you some, know? I mean, there's but then, like there's, me myself, I could look at the majority of mopeders and go, what have I done? What have what you, you done? done? Yeah, that's true. You know? I get that. But then I would never qualify to be a moped army. There's, I think you that's know? a good, I think that's a good thing to bring up, dude, for sure. I think that clubs have like you can get honorary i've seen people get honorary in another club like i've seen people be like yo well, this yeah, person's but then legit. i would have to piggyback off another club. yeah you're piggybacking you know off another I mean? club but like I, where's I where's the, the I represent. where's the honorary just ma like you're like an honorary ma member without being in an ma official club i think that's a legit status yeah i think that makes sense because yeah, there's like definitely yeah there's definitely people that are that fit that role for sure there's a lot of people like you that fit that role but there's also like small clubs that are in moped army where it's like the yeah that club's only five members and like how many of those five have been active in the last year and like that's when our open call outs and stuff kind of happen internally too it's like yo like we need to actually like look at these call outs as like a serious thing a lot of time like no one gets called out especially the last two years it's been really hard we're just like uh eh. it's, well, it's covid this and that it's like shit, it's been a weird time like everyone's been getting, getting a pass lately but like you know i feel like shit goes back to normal next year it's gonna make all right dude we need to like you know bring bring it up you know who's who, what team's slacking like spicy boys everyone loves spicy boys i think they're pretty 100%. i think they're a pretty active club I think like they're they're into the moped thing. They're a newer club in Moped Army as an official branch. Zero percent voter turnout mm-hmm. this year. Only five of them. Zero percent. Yeah, it's like and it's like not it's one of, it's one of these things like there's clubs that I know are active and they're doing shit, but they didn't have good turnout. Like Upjet, like Creatures, Hot and Rays. Like there's clubs that like Shanks just had a rally. 
and like you know they didn't have a huge voter turnout this year and it's they were just they just do a rally last weekend or this week oh, past weekend or whatever you know like they're active i know they're active so it's one of those things too where it's like you can only put so much weight on the internet first real life like i think there's a ton of clubs that quote unquote are grum clubs you know oh i'm a grom club oh i never want to be official like uh in my mind that club's probably already official like you've been doing this shit long enough like i don't care whether you say you're official you're not official i still think of you guys as being legit you know so it's just true all right well i gotta wrap it up because i'm gonna fucking piss my pants real quick yeah so i feel you <laughs> i mean the I'm the boy we're at three hours now yeah me and Ezra uh, are gonna go hit the couch dude and do a feeding yeah yeah i was gonna say your wife's probably pissed that you've been talking to me this long anyway it's okay dude like she'll she'll let it go it's fine <laughs> but yeah right, thanks cool, for man. thanks for hanging man we'll definitely do it again dude we'll, we'll get into some other shit we kind of we kind of just hung out a little bit and shot the shit which is fine i like i like podcasts like that i hope uh everyone else gets to enjoy it I think I lost you here at the end. You there? Um, do you still hear me? Yeah, it came back. It kind of cut, paused you for a second, but it came back. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to piss my pants, so I'm signing off. It was a pleasure talking to you tonight. I hope you have a good night. Yeah. And uh, best of luck to you and your kid and your new family, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks, bro. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye. Peace, dude. Cool. Thank you guys for listening to the Put Money Podcast. That's another week uh, in the hole. I think this is episode 206 or something. Who knows? You'll know because it'll be posted in the thing. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to support the podcast, you can like it, share it, tell a friend about it. Um, all those things are cool. Give us a review on iTunes. Those are fun. Uh, I like seeing what kind of weird stuff people say. You never know what it's going to be. And yeah, um, I'm going to get out of here. Go feed the boy, dude. Fuck your car. Ride a moped. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know, like, touch your flower, is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh, boy. Wah, wah, wah.